All right. Hey, guys. Welcome back to the Anime Collector, and welcome back to the Open Chest Anime Podcast with me, the Anime Collector, and my co-host, who I just realized I've had the camera on the whole time. <laughs> uh, Ooh, hey. <laughs> hey, right. show us that apple in the chest. The apple? Oh. Yeah, that apple. She doesn't have an apple. It's the uh, it's Kiki. No, no, no. Not the case of Kiki Goo Goo. I'm talking about the apple in your hand. I'm not holding not it. I'm talking about... Talking about my old laptop? Yes, yeah, the Apple. It's right okay, there. Yeah. All right. So um, I just got a new MacBook Pro yesterday. And uh, hold on, I'm just going to kill a little bit of time here while we wait for the people to filter in. Um, so I want to talk about, real quick, some issues I have with the new MacBook, and it, just in case anybody's got any solutions to it. So this is the old MacBook. And I want you guys to notice how big the trackpad is down here. The new one is like twice as big. It ends it ends about right here. And uh, when I'm using the computer and my hand is resting on the keyboard, my thumb is like slowly adjusting where my mouse is. <laughs> you know, like, and it's really annoying. Um, and Apple has this thing um, where you can you can disable the trackpad when you have a mouse plugged in. But the problem is that this computer only has USB-C, so I had to get a, a Bluetooth mouse <laughs> to connect, and it doesn't disable the trackpad. Um, ideally, what I'd like to do is have it so that the trackpad can only get uh, scrolling and swiping, but not any actual like mouse movement uh, input. Um, that's a, That would be ideal. And the other thing that's really annoying, and I think everybody already hates this, is the... Uh, uh, the new MacBooks have that strip at the top. Like I forget what they call it, but it's like a, a little touchpad at the top. Um, when I'm trying to type stuff that has numbers in it into, let's say, a URL, uh, I hit that thing constantly because I've got big hands. I hit that thing and it erases everything I typed in, or it like enters, or like because the buttons up there. Like if I'm on the left side when I'm trying to type in like like the numbers one or two, I'll hit escape and cancel it or, or, you know, anyway, it's, it's frustrating, um, to say the least. Uh, and I, I got this MacBook with the Japanese keyboard and I got to say some parts of it are really annoying. For instance, the, uh, the at symbol is nowhere near where it usually is. Like, so mentally when you're typing and you're used to holding shift and hitting a button to get the at symbol, now I have to mentally remember not to hold shift and hit the button next to P. So it's a little bit annoying, but I got to say, I'm going to type this into the chat, and literally the only person who's going to see this is Augie. But check out what I can do. Look how fast I can do this. <laughs> yeah okay just make sure it typed correctly no that didn't type for me <laughs> I, I just i typed in the yeah the keys are just not where i expect them to be there you go that's what i wanted um i typed in the uh kenshiro's omaiwamo shindeiru uh, uh you are already dead um, so that's kind of nice that I can just quickly switch to Japanese because I have to type in Japanese more often than you think. And up until now, what I've been doing is literally going to the hiragana or katakana um, Wikipedia page and copying 
character by character to construct the sentences I need <laughs> before doing like a Google search or something with them. So uh, this is much nicer <laughs> to, just to be able to quickly type them. So I think, I think long term, uh, it's going to take a little bit of getting used to certain things like, for instance, the at key, or um, the worst one is the apostrophe. Because in Japan, they've got a special sort of symbol that they use for things. And uh, that is closer to where the apostrophe is supposed to be. But the the American apostrophe, the one that looks correct when you're typing, is the seven key. And I have to, so now that's another thing where mentally, when I try to type apostrophe now, I have to remember to hold shift and hit the number seven instead of it's so it's all over the place but um i think that that's something that if i continue to use this computer i'll be able to get used to and then the added benefit of having japanese is going to outweigh the cost of uh, uh it's going to outweigh the cost of um of you know having things a little bit shuffled around um all right so it looks like we've got a viewer now uh so i just want to announce right away the sad news that fddnm is not going to be able to join us today um He's a. Uh, it's his own. It's his own personal reasons, but he's he's busy. Uh, you know, he, he has a he, he has a family obligation. Let's say, which means we're probably going to be all over the place. <laughs> hey Shane. Shane Shane. Since he's usually he's usually the one that reigns us back in uh, to what we're talking about, which reminds me, um, actually, if we want to do this now, uh, or at least be thinking about it now. Uh, Augie, do we want to have a, a, a highlight showcase for the, um, like we did last last podcast with uh, Comic Party? Uh, let's try to do that in the middle of the month. Yeah. Oh, in the middle of the month? I've got one I could yeah. do right now, um, but uh, I was just going to bring it up so you could think about it. Yeah, if you want to. Um, let me get it ready. We'll do it later in into the podcast when more people are here, but let me just grab it. Yeah, for those of you who are just tuning in today, today for the anime topic is girls and pens, or how deep, or how far, or if you want to skip it, I don't know. But just a heads up, I've already finished watching Detroit Metal City. So, when we get to that point of talking about it, I'm going to be really enjoy it. He's back. So, anything new happened with you in the last two weeks? Uh, yeah, a few things. Yeah, a few things happened. Uh, one of the one of the issues when Sony took over Funimation, one of the projects that they worked on was to release a better Funimation app on the PlayStation Four. Okay. So we got that going on. So you want to play? Hey, Denny. You want to wait? Yeah, but we should, we should definitely talk about that. That's something that we should definitely talk about. The Funimation, uh, Sony's acquisition of Funimation. We should definitely talk about that. Oh, yeah. Um, so Otakon is this weekend, not last weekend. And that is the first convention I've ever heard people start talking about two months beforehand, not the month before. So kudos on the better advertising. Okay, yeah. You mean talking about as in like people are getting hyped for it, or like the they're advertising about it? People are getting hyped for it. Okay, people yeah, because because like for me, Anime Expo is kind of a year-round thing, but that's just me. <laughs> uh, same thing. 
thing for me in AWA, which is in two months. Okay. So Oticon for uh, the discotheque. I believe that's going to be at, in their time, 11 to 12. Yeah, um, Justin Savakis, uh put out a kind of a cryptic tweet saying make sure to go to that because he's, I guess he bought a bunch of camera equipment and something's going down. It's probably local to him and he can finally go to something. Yeah, do you, do you guys all know who Justin Savakis is? Should we I don't know that up? He's a, he's a DVD authoring you know, he, he does a lot of stuff in the anime uh, realm. Okay. All right, just double checking. Yes, the podcast has been posted to the page and also to Twitter, so that's good. All right, so we should be we should be in the clear. If if people are taking their time, they're taking their time. We're gonna we're gonna get into the podcast now. Yes, that's oh, yes. Danny. Danny just brought up exactly what I wanted to talk about in the. Regarding the Funimation merger, which is actually I want to give you full credit for because you're the one who brought this to my attention, uh, the fact that this is something that could potentially happen. Yeah. Um, so should we should we just jump right into Funimation and, and Sony? How many are on right now? Or do you want to do do you want to do pickups or something? Yeah, like would like to do pickups. Okay. So how oh, how about you go first and we'll go from there. Okay, so first off, I'm going to talk about these two things. Augie bought these for me, uh, and they just them. arrived at my house. <laughs> so I watched them as well as what we had decided we were going to watch um, in the last podcast. So this is the, the Girls in Panzer. Um, this is the real Anzio battle uh, OVA, and this is uh, Der Film, <laughs> so the movie. Um I watched them actually this morning. Uh, They're both great. Um, I also picked up Death Parade Limited Edition. And I want to know if anybody has this. Um, that's kind of not lined up. And the bottom is... Oh, it's supposed to look like that. That's half a female and half like a man's face. Okay, but uh, no, I'm not talking about... I'm talking about look at the top. Look at how off the top is like there's a there's a lip i don't know if you, i don't know if i can hold it correctly so you can see it yeah i want to know if if i should maybe send this back to amazon and see if our replacement will will have less of a lip is or is that something because uh it just it's not it's not lined up at all like look at the line above the uh what is this uh elevator or i don't know yes that's an elevator okay I'm, i got it right then so it's not lined up. I'm trying to push it down. It's not lined up at all. Uh, so I want to know if anybody thinks, if anybody has this, should I send it back to Amazon and uh, and see if I can get um, a more matched up, aesthetically pleasing looking one? Uh, and then some other goodies that came. So I'm going to skip this one for a second and I'm going to go on to these. So Almost had an avalanche of stuff come down just now. We're really lucky. <laughs> so at Anime Expo, I went to the Viz booth and I pre-ordered through um, through Right Stuff. You buy it. You basically you pay for the convention price there, and uh, and then it basically you put it. You they give you a, a card that has like a coupon code, and you put that in at right stuff immediately you know before anybody else sees your code and steals it and basically right stuff 
charges you zero dollars because you already paid. Uh, so I got uh, the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure uh, Blu-ray, uh, which I'm pretty happy about. And uh, I tried to buy this at Anime Expo. They ran out literally the person before me in line bought the last one. Uh, so I also bought um, Manga in Theory and Practice by Hirohiko uh, Araki, which is the creator of JoJo. Uh, so that's just a book about, like... Um, Obviously, you can imagine based on the title, it's just his sort of uh, ideas behind d developing manga and whatnot. Uh, and then the last thing uh, that I want to talk about is the 4K Ultra HD version of Resident Evil Vendetta, um, which I pre-ordered a long time ago, or actually maybe even in the first podcast, uh, I think we talked about this um, FDDNM brought it up and, and shared the link with me that there was a 4K version. And since we've got some viewers now, I want to know, uh, is there a noticeable delay on me? Because I think that the camera I'm using uh, on the new laptop might have, might be causing a tiny bit of a delay that we don't normally experience. And we discovered a way that we could, we could ease the delay, but I'd need to, uh, it's, here, I'll, I'll do it real quick. I'll show you the. I'll show you the option we have. Uh, let's see. Wait, I already forgot how I did it. Oh, here it is. It's this one. So if I switch this to that, uh, that seems to fix the delay a little bit, but it tightens up the camera a lot. So I'm going to leave it this way. You guys can let me know, and we can uh, we can adjust for future um, for future podcasts. Anyway, those are those are my pickups. Um, why don't you go ahead, Augie? Well, that's another stylish way of saying take on me. So the first startup is I already own this happy lesson, and as you can tell, it has a garing gash right here. So I was fortunate enough to buy an upgrade copy. That's pretty much mint. Oh, awesome. So you, you called that a garing gash? Is that is that the technical term for it? Or are you just I'm being silly. Yeah, that's what I thought. <laughs> I was like, because I was wondering what that, because um, not to not to just totally derail your pickup session, but uh, um, a lot of uh, a lot of Sentai Filmworks limited editions have a gash like that underneath the shrink wrap. Yeah, so I wasn't sure if there was a, like a technical term for it you were picking up, or or if you're just making it up to be, uh, you know, have have a little flair for the dramatic there. Um, if you want me to, I can look it up, but I don't think there would be one. If anybody knows, let us know. But Also, through the right stuff birthday celebration, I finally got one for all of the single ladies. That's right. Hello, kitty. Fun <laughs> time in paradise. Ooh. Can you show me the sides of that? Oh, so you have this. Oh, okay, so it's the thin pack one. Is that the ADV release one? Yep. Yeah, because I have... Um, if you can see it can you see it back on me it's rated y hold on, hold on. i've got the camera mirror it's right there that's the one i have it's the i think that's the i think that's genion no it's the adv kids one anyway i'm gonna go back to you so i'm not sure if they're the same one that one's hello kitty's paradise though anyway go ahead it's also rated y and for completion's sake, as such, sealed. 
Up next from Sentai Filmworks is uh, Outbreak Company, also from the birthday celebration. And a long time request I finally got is Tokyo Revelations. <laughs> so All tell me, pixelated glory. Okay, I was gonna ask. Yeah, is it is it as pixelated as mine? Okay. Oh, it, it, it vomits pixels, so I, I would assume so. Also from uh, made in Japan is uh, Gunbuster the movie. Can y'all let me know if this is an abridged abridgment of the original OVAs or if this is the OVAs just cut out? And they just OVAs. called it a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Who knows? And I was mentioning to AC that another theme of mine for this week would be completing stuff I've had before. Which, thanks to him, I got to your brother volume. Yeah. Three. <laughs> yeah. So now we can all tell our dear brother. Yeah. Say, I, I, gave him, I gave him the one that had that little like weird puncture on the front <laughs> that it we talked about. Hole. Yeah, it didn't make a hole. It didn't. Yeah, but I don't know what caused it. But yeah, I gave him my extra copy. Also from him is the Operation Lupin movie. Operation Return the Treasure. Which I, I bought at Anime Expo, got home and realized I already had a copy, so I sent him the extra. <laughs> and also for also to call out that one cosplay friend that appears to be very skinny and for some reason shaves his head but doesn't dress up but says that they're that he's their big brother, even though I think that they're stealing your drugs, is I finally got the third volume of Gundam Unicorn. So now I don't need... So now... Wait a second. I'm... There's a third volume in Gundam Unicorn? Well, yeah, there's four. What? I only have two. I... Uh-oh. I haven't been paying attention. All right. Well, that's good to know. <laughs> Well, now I don't need his need his flash drive to watch Gundam Uniform, even though most people have seen it. <laughs> Speaking of which, going back two podcasts ago, maybe I could be off, is uh, Lay of the Immortal Volume 3. Yeah, I think that was actually last week. Or last, last, last week. podcast. Yeah, it was week. last week because I went to Second and Charles, which that's opening on the 12th in, Ma in a city called Madison, where I live. So, finally... Also, one I haven't said I haven't halfway completed yet is uh, Uso Rankin, Volume 2. Ooh, that is the greatest now, opening. Now, I can finally say that I completed this. But wait, there's one more. Okay, yeah, I realized I forgot one, but go ahead. Go get yours done. Okay, okay. So, also, I was, while AC was at AX, I requested a simple item. And that's an NRFB squeezable Marichan, which, oh no, it was NRFB. That's uh, with this world. Ooh. Flat, flat. Boom. There she is. I'm not squeezing it. Say something, AC. Okay, um, I'm going to switch it. So I forgot to bring this one up, actually, because it was on the other shelf. 
Uh, I also picked up this. It's the uh, Genion Pioneer Loop on the Third Bust, um, which I had totally forgotten even existed. And I got it for a great price and in great condition. So I'm, I'm pleased. I'm pleased to have it. Uh, anyway, so um, Danny brought up the fact that there's a new Degashi Kashi coming in 2018. What, what odd timing for that, right? <laughs> I know. I know. And it feels so good. It does feel good. I'm really glad that yeah. we were able to, uh, right before the, the announcement of that, we were able to get people's appetites wet <laughs> about that show because that was a really fun watch. Technically, we're going to be doing this three times, but the second time this happened is when I watched all of, uh, uh, here it is, Soul Hunter. This is supposed to get a reboot. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. I can't believe that. But I'll, let you know, but I'll let you know about that third one later on. Yeah, I can't believe that that's uh, getting a reboot, <laughs> to be honest. Well, hey, well, hey I just wonder what storyline they have, because for that one story, you have three different ways of telling it. Yeah. Um, all right, so should I go over my my uh, what did we call it? The the thing FDGM had us start doing last podcast with the like a collect, uh, box set, box set Okay, so the one I'm gonna do just to get out here because I don't I don't have a lot to say about. It. I'm not I don't I don't have like um, off the top of my head, I can't think of like incredible ones like he did last week. Augie did last week with uh, with Comic Party, but the one that I'm going to showcase today is the Loop on the Third Part Two Collection One from Discotech Media, and the reason I'm specifically bringing this up is because I want you to notice how similar that cover is to the Cowboy Bebop cover. This was definitely intentional. Uh, Cowboy Bebop obviously came out after Loop on the Third, and it took a lot of like actually, if you if you sit down and look at it, all the characters are inspired by the characters from Loop on the Third. Um, and even if you look at, for instance, Spike's socks, the fact that his pants don't go all the way down to his shoes and they have that that lip where you can see his socks and everything, all that is taken straight from uh, from Loop on the Third. So I thought it was really cool that that Cowboy Bebop is constantly sort of throwing little references to loop on and that now it's sort of come back uh, full circle here with this doing the same. So I thought that was pretty cool and uh, I really like this set. So anyway, that's, that's what I want to do for that. Just kind of get that out of the way. Um, for loop on, they have not announced that uh, Roymon movie. They haven't announced it or they have, they have not announced it yet. You mean they haven't announced the release date? To my knowledge, it aired in theaters, or it, it pre, it was in theaters in Japan, but we haven't got gotten it in the states yet. Mm -hmm. um, well, we haven't. You mean, yeah? I, I'm. I feel like I already saw an announcement for it, though. Let me look. I'm just gonna look it up real quick. By the okay. way, AnimeNewsNetwork.com got hacked. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad someone pointed out that they have a .cc because. I yeah, so just for anybody watching email. during this time, it's animenewsnetwork.cc is the current URL for it. So it's back up. You just have to use that uh, temporarily. Let's see. Lupin. The Goemon movie, right? Yeah, whatever is nearly on the chronology. 
That is the third Ishikago. This is the one. Okay. Yeah, I guess there isn't. There, okay, hold on, hold on. December 2nd. Huh. Yeah, I guess you're right. I could have sworn I've seen something. I think I saw something on Facebook about it getting announced. But that who might knows if true. that's true. Yeah. Well, maybe that maybe they'll say something I don't know. Oh, I'm 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 thinking of Jigen's gravestone. Oh yeah, we already which, had which already that. came out. Yeah, that already came out. Yeah, but I have seen stuff on the on the Goyamon movie on Facebook, but uh, maybe not an announcement. Yeah, one um, thing about uh, Jigen's gravestone is the back cover of the slip. This has like the greatest uh, literary, like the literal interpretation of the movie is what was written on his gravestone. What do you call those? The, what is what is that called? The, what do people call you, your eulogy? You, no. no. Oh, oh, that's gonna bug me. What is the text on your gravestone called? Somebody, somebody, type that in the chat. Hey, Mission Ice Guys here. Uh, but go ahead and read it. Sorry, I, I totally interrupted you. Here lies Jigen Daisuke with a point thirty five seven magnum. Died April first. 1970 could be a three could be an eight rest in peace yeah so um still want to see hunter cross lupon special that would be awesome although the character designs don't exactly match <laughs> they i don't think oh, they can just get use away part three well sure i don't think they can get away with that as easily as they did with um conan uh, detective conan so um Let's talk about uh, Sony's acquisition of uh, Funimation. Yes, yes, yes. What is your What was your gut reaction to this? Because I think a lot of people are have, really overreacting. I want to have a Universal theme park now. Where's my One Piece oh. land? Now I have to go to Japan for that. <laughs> uh, let's see the prices. Wondering how in the world if Sony got it, Jinyan would distribute the stuff for. Funimation has agreed with, but who knows? You're talking about, you're talking about Genie on Japan? Uh, not Genie, I'm sorry, Universal. Universal. Yeah, I was going to say. I apologize. Um, something with prices. Honestly, I thought if they would get it, they would try to enforce the riddance of DVD and enforce Blu-ray as much as possible since it's their technology. Well, what's interesting about Sony that I don't think a lot of people, I, I'm, I'm probably the only person who even really knows about most of this stuff, but we've talked on this podcast before about um, uh, a Amazon company called um, CreateSpace. And Sony has used CreateSpace to release um, three, four things now. So they've released... Um, what is that one called? There, there's the there's the ninja one. It's called like Kaze. Ugh, I forget. Oh man, I, I'm totally not going to remember it. But they also did Viper's Creed and Ultraviolet Code Zero. <laughs> Code Zero Four Four, I think it is. Um, uh, so those were, yeah, the Ultraviolet anime. Yeah. Yeah. So those were. Um, uh, three DVDs released through create space by Sony, which means that they were, they're manufactured on demand or they're burned DVDs. 
Um, and the thing about that that's interesting is that Sony charged out the nose for those sets. They're not cheap, considering that they're short and they're on burn DVDs. They really charged out the nose for them still. Um, they kind of charged more than I would have expected, even for... Um, <laughs> um, even for uh, if the set had been pressed, which it in larger amounts it costs more to produce things on burn DVD um, for the record. So the other thing though is that in when it comes to Blu-rays, they recently released memories or no not not memories actually memories yes. is a fourth thing that was by Sony right? Yes. So Memories is the fourth one that they've released on DVD through CreateSpace that's in uh, on a burn DVD. And then Metropolis was released by them on Blu-ray on a burned Blu-ray. Um, so sorry, so that, that was the first thing that came to mind for me when it came to um, Funimation being acquired. Uh, uh, we're using the wrong terminology. They have – Sony has – majority shareholding in Funimation now is, is the technical. 95% stakes. Yeah, so they so practically all of it. <laughs> but uh, but that's the first thing that came for me that came to mind is I wondered, like, I wonder what's going to happen if we're going to see if, if because Sony now has a subsidiary to them that is more devoted to knowing the market and knowing how to target things to anime fans and whatnot, is that going to mean that they're now going to be more likely to actually have their discs pressed? Hey, Duo, uh, you're coming in a little bit late, but check out what I bought this... Oh, dang it, Augie. <laughs> what I bought this uh, this week. So I want to know, actually, from Duo, um, this is really off-centered. Like, it's not lining up. Do you think I should send it back to Amazon to see if they'll send me one in better condition? Uh, anyway, so regarding Sony Funimation, um, Mr. Nice Guy says that his first reaction, uh, which makes perfect sense knowing him, is that he's going to get more copyright claims on YouTube. And his second reaction was that they're probably going to have more licensed anime coming over here. Which... Yikes, I'm kind of already drowning in licensed mm. anime <laughs> over here. Um, well, ever since Sentai hit... Uh, say what? Well, keep in mind. If that might be true, uh, if you look at uh, look at who owns it, Sony Pictures America owns Funimation, mm. and people point to Anaplex, they're in, they are owned by Sony Music Japan. Okay. So that might that might be a huge uh, toss up if they are or not, but I'm not sure. It's kind of an interesting thing to think about right now because we in the collecting community we know that Anaplex is they were kind of I don't want to say they were distancing themselves from Funimation, but they were reacquiring their licenses. They were taking them back so that they could release Anaplex sets, which were freaking 700 bucks, you know, minimum. Um, basically, Anaplex was trying to charge um, Japanese prices to an American market, right? Which you can't do. That's, that's no. not how we roll over there. Yeah. Um, so, I, it almost, like, it's kind of an interesting idea, an interesting thought 
of I wonder if if there I mean this is totally speculation here and I don't even think this is true I'm just I'm just tossing this out there but what if Anaplex has sort of they they played their cards with um, trying to release sets that are way more expensive than they should be in the you know Anaplex America sort of line Didn't Anaplex America also swap presidents I don't know I, I'm just I'm just throwing out a, a really dumb hypothetical. But what if they, what if they played their cards by by releasing all the, you know, getting their licenses back, releasing all these sets, charging way too much, and that has flopped. And their new option is okay. Well, let's reconsolidate. Let's acquire Funimation, and let's uh, let's try to do things uh, a different way. You know, because the branding, I think, on, I mean, there's a reason that myself and some other people in the community refer to we. Um, we fondly refer to Anaplex as any money left because the, they charge way too much. You know, they charge way too much for their for their products, um, and we just have like little nicknames we give to all the companies. Like like I call Pony Canyon Pony Cash Gone, uh, and you call it, what do you call it Pony Up? Yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, but um, oh, dude, yeah. <laughs> so let me just catch up on the chat real quick. Um, Duo says he can't stay for long. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like you guys have to stay. I appreciate Mr. Nice Guy and Duo always pop in uh, for a little uh, moral support. Um, totally understand. And uh, yes, um, regarding Death Parade, I would like to. We've got. We've got. Um, we're definitely going to do Detroit Metal City for our next podcast. But perhaps the one after that, we'll be able to do Death Parade and uh, and have you uh, you know featured. In, well, you know, that, that one is so, when. That one is when I get to choose. Okay, so, so maybe one after, one that. after that. I'm just I'm just worried that if we get too far into this, we're gonna end up at that at that week before I have the uh, the baby, and it might get hectic, you know. Um, oh, yeah. So I'm just trying to I'm trying to parcel things out that way so we don't run into that because there's we're gonna have a podcast. So my wife is scheduled to go in for a C-section on the 27th of September. The reason why is because we had an emergency C-section with our first kid. We don't know what caused the emergency that led up to the, caused the problem that led up to the emergency C-section. So it's safer for us to just schedule one and do it again um, rather than doing a VBAC. Um, and uh, so we have a podcast scheduled for the week before my daughter's going to be born and the week after. Uh, so we actually might be able to weasel our way into not screwing up the schedule at all. Um, but I just wanted to throw that out there so you guys know that in September, in late September, there's going to be um, potential hiccups in the scheduling, but we don't know yet. Uh, anyway, so um, I totally lost my train of thought. We were talking about Sony and Funimation. Sony, Funimation, different prices for stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, so one thing you brought up was the interesting concept that now that Funimation is owned by Sony, um, majority owned at least, we might see a re-release of Blood Plus, yeah, that which would be, be really nice. interesting uh, and really nice. I'd definitely love to have a new version of it because, um, number one, I found out that there's like a cleaning solution from the replication process. When a DVD gets replicated, they do this thing where they they polish the surface of the disc 
um, before, and then they like dry it off and everything before they move on to the next step in a process. And I found out like, like years after I bought blood plus part two, that some of my discs are, have this cleaning solution still on them. Uh, and I could probably wipe it off, but, um, I don't know. I, I kind of don't want to mess with it, but anyway, I'll, in addition to that, for me, I'd like to have another set for it because Funimation released Blood C, so it would be nice to have Blood Plus and Blood C in um, box sets that are that are matching, you know, sort of in terms of style and size and all that. Uh, I think that'd be pretty cool. Regarding Funimation's history, I think this might be the third or fourth time that they've been bought by someone. I think... Yeah, I can't remember if it was once before or twice before, but Gen Fukunaga has sold the company once or twice before and bought it back. Yep. Um, so he's got a real great history of... And, and every time... It seems like every time he does this, because uh, at one point it was a Navarre corporation. Funimation was a part of Navarre. Um, you might remember that from their old logos and stuff. Um, it seems like every time he does this, Funimation, as soon as he gets it back, has this skyrocket and like they just they they get they go super saiyan, you know, they reach that next level, you know. They get stuck somewhere and then he gets it back and then it jumps again. And then it's like uh it's it's interesting, you know, it's like the sale of it. I don't I don't know what he's doing, but he, he's doing a good job in terms of the company's growth and um and profitability and all that. Um but uh but yeah, it'll be interesting. So um, as far as I'm concerned, I think that a lot of people were are incorrectly panicking about it. Um, uh, I don't think there's any reason to panic because I think that any uh, so long as Funimation is left alone, um, I don't think we're going to have any problems. I think it's going to it's going to be as if they weren't. It's going to be as if nothing happened. You know, you're barely going to notice it. Maybe they'll get a new logo. God, I hope because I hate their current logo. Uh, oh, that will like actually that. include the Sony in there somewhere uh and then as soon as they're out of sony again they'll just revert to something else um but yeah i don't like their new logo with the little the little face that looks like the uh one punch man okay face <laughs> uh, I, was, I thought he was gonna say laughing man i kind of like it you got rid of that you should be watching tagline well i don't like i don't i never liked you should be watching but i liked the old logo and i liked all the different variations of it with the blue uh the white and the red you know i always liked that logo Anyway, uh, and by the way, just so everybody knows, I spoke to people at Funimation and Anime Expo and confirmed that they're in their new I brand, in their new branding, they no longer refer to Funimation as capital F U N, lowercase I M A T I O N, right? So it's it's now just a capital F instead of capital F U N. Um, I see a lot of people. Uh, still typing it out that way, uh, like as the force of habit, still typing it out with a capital F-U-N when it's now just a capital F. So I just want to let you guys know. Um, anyway, so what do we want to talk about now? Um, Anything else? Yeah, quick topic before we get to the main meats of tonight. How would y'all feel, because I'm not, not like M-A-L and still a little distant to Anime Planet, regardless of a certain someone's video, on uh, AC's, AC's uh, page, Facebook page, would y'all like to see a document of, of what a checklist 
through my. You also know if you would see his collection documented out in a text document. There we go. I'm in Just a to, sense for. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he wants to know um, if. If he was to put, uh, actually, do you have that other page up, the uh, Cine Massacre one? Do you want to just screen share that and walk if, people through? If you do a jiggy and a dance, I should be able to. <laughs> what do you want me to do? Um, <laughs> uh, so, um, I, I want to remind everybody while he's getting that set up that tonight we're going to be talking about Girls in Panzer. And I don't know. I want to know if the people watching, because we've got, uh, it seems like we've got a much smaller crowd than usual uh, tonight. I just want to know, were you guys able to watch uh, the, uh, were you guys able to watch the movie and the extra OVA or not? Because I think, I think John Shane was the one who, who messaged me and said he couldn't, uh, he probably wouldn't be able to watch the, um, the movie I can't, I can't remember who it was because there's so many Shanes in our in our podcast for some reason. Um, well, at least it's spelled Shane, and not. But Sean. Uh, yeah, I just want to know because because if we can um, if we can talk about all of the things with the current audience, that would be great, and we'll just you know alert people ahead of time uh, who aren't watching it live that uh, we're going to be talking about more than just um, what we had sort of said we we're going to watch in the last podcast. So go ahead and let me know, um, for those of you guys watching, if you actually watched the uh, the extra things that Augie had sent me in the mail uh, or not, because that would be great if we could just sort of get that handled and we don't have to like push it to another week or something. Oh, Radio. You're, you're screen sharing. Do you want to get it to? Okay. <laughs> How Mr. Nice Guy says he hasn't he hasn't watched Girls in Panzer. It's like, by the way, the reason why is because it's it's K owned with tanks, and you already aren't watching that. Um, but uh, he says he's listening to the, to our smooth voices uh, as as he edits. It's like, how on earth do you edit while listening to something else? I can't listen to that. Well, some people like to listen to the smooth relative raptures of our voice. <laughs> All right, so I'm I'm on your screen now. So go ahead and show okay. them. So for an example of, I wish they would stop doing that. An example of um, what I'm talking about through the AC, the Anime Collector page, I would post either a note or some sort of doc, word document stating what kind of collection that I have or okay. so different catalogs. He just, he just clicked on Atari Twenty Six Hundred, right? So this is going to be all games. Because we're we're showing Cinemassacre as an example, so this is all games related to the Atari Twenty Six Hundred game system. So for our thing, it would be like ADV, and then you would see a category of every ADV title and which ones are owned by us and which ones are not. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, for my system of doing things, if I own it. I just cross it out. If I don't own it, I will highlight it in yellow. Okay. But it would be something similar to this. Yeah, so so Augie wants to know if you guys would like to see this. Um, I think on the Facebook page we can upload um, uh, what's called a note on Facebook, uh, which I think in groups is called documents. You can upload you know different documents, but basically it'll just be a Word document you can access to see our collection and what we own and what, what we don't own um, 
and you could just reference it for curiosity's sake, I guess, in the future, if, if that's something you wanted to do. So uh, this is something that Augie wants to do for his, that he, he can do for his collection, and he just wants to know if you guys are interested. Um, by the way, Shane says he saw none of it. <laughs> so uh, this is going to be interesting for you, Shane. Um, and Danny says most Death Parade sets that he has seen do not line up. So um, that's good to know before I waste time uh, sending having him send me a replacement. Before I unshare the screen, what in the what kind of game is China Syndrome? Yeah. I don't know. That is strange. Anyway, or yeah, yeah. Oh, the magic. Let it be on. Go away. Shane. Shane sounds over. interested in the. Uh, um. Ooh. My wife just texted me. She says that there's lightning. We have we have desert lightning, so there's like no thunder with it. Um, but what? Oh, she said there's thunder. So I don't know if you guys can hear that. I didn't hear any of it. She says it's right above our house right now. Um, so if the internet goes out all of a sudden, um, we'll see you guys in two weeks from now. <laughs> um, well, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm, we're in. We're supposed to be in a thunderstorm warning right now. Oh yeah. Yeah. All right, oh, well, yeah. Uh, or, isn't it strange that when Sony took 95% stakes that uh, Daisuke announced that it was going out of business in October, which is yeah, the same month that Anime Souls went out of business? Yeah, that seemed a little... It, it did seem related. It seemed too coincidental. I mean, it could have just been like... Um, like oh we're we've planned to announce our thing and then it's like oh all of a sudden Sony's doing it it could be completely unrelated, but the timing of it seemed very related that uh, Daisuke.net um, went uh, they closed down, um, which was a it was a legal streaming site similar to like Crunchyroll and and whatnot. I actually used that to watch um, One Punch Man. Uh, before it came out over here, which is one of the few times in the in recent years that I've actually watched something I didn't own. Um, although I will be watching um, Mr. Nice Guy. What's the name of that uh, <laughs> that um, short you're having me do? <laughs> anyway, there's a, there's a there's a short for something that I'm gonna be doing for his channel that hasn't come out over here. So um, so maybe maybe I'll find a Japanese release of that. But uh, anyway, I uh, totally lost my train of thought. Yeah. So so Daisuke.net's going out of um, going out of business, or they went they they have gone offline. Uh, so that's pretty interesting. Yeah, I totally just spoiled that. So um, about 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 two people now have had that spoiled for them, Mister Nice Guy. <laughs> we'll see. Um, with uh, <laughs> the relationship between Sunrise and. Mizumi, it kind of seemed redundant for Daisuke to exist since we're getting, we're seeing more hard copies of Gundam finally getting over here. Well, let me just say that um, yes, I, I get where you're coming from there, but I just want to say that I am not an authority on streaming anime because I, I really don't stream a lot of anime. Um, I have access to a Netflix account, so occasionally I'll watch something that I already own watch it on Netflix so I don't have to go get the DVD um, or I'll do it that way so that I can watch things um, while I'm on the treadmill um, and a bunch of rain just landed on my roof um, 
but I'm not an authority on on streaming. I don't I don't really use Crunchyroll. I don't really use uh, a lot of stuff um, that a lot of people use. Like there's this, there's a big controversy right now. For instance, Giga released a video. Um, there was like an open letter to Netflix and Anime Strike, which is something else we should probably talk about. But again, I have literally nothing to say about it, other than that obviously they're they've created this platform for the sole purpose of selling Amazon Prime accounts. Um, you can. I'm not. I don't have a Strike. I do have Amazon Prime. You can still watch anime on Amazon Prime, but I think the newer stuff. You, like the latest and greatest has to be on strike, so kind yeah, well, of the HBO to this. Right. Situation. So what I'll say is that if Amazon Prime, if Amazon wants to sell more Prime subscriptions, they need to take upon the Netflix model of just you know having content that makes people want to get Prime. You know, because Prime is different from Netflix in that rather than paying for it monthly, you pay for it yearly. Right, so it's like a much larger amount you're paying, but it evens out over the course of 12 months to a much lower price. Um, so, if they want to sell more Prime subscriptions, Anime Strike should just be part of Amazon Prime. You know, it, the shows that you would watch through that are should just be like it, they've got what what appears to people to be a double paywall. Um, when in reality, it should be that you can get Amazon Strike, but if you already have Amazon Prime, then you already have all of it. Right, so like Amazon or pardon anime strike not amazon strike anime strike should be like here's a a, a a different price a lower price theoretically where you can watch a select number of shows but if you have amazon prime you should be able to just watch all their entire library like you that should be a big enough paywall that you're in you know and, and, at least in my opinion or they should separate prime uh because you and i am sure both have it because of the free shipping but other people might want it for free shipping and because they actually use the streaming service, which I personally mm -hmm. don't use except to stream shows for my kid um, who there watches, is, you know, like Dora some, the Explorer and stuff. There are some anime that's only on their prime. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, that's what I'm saying. Is that the way that it exists is that they have anime strike, but in order to get the full access of all the anime, you also have to have prime, right? right. So that's I'm saying true. that if you have Prime, you should automatically have the Anime Strike content as well. Amazon Prime should just be the, um, it should be just a, the premium version of Anime Strike. But the, uh, from what I hear, and again, I don't use it, so I have no idea, but from, from the buzz I'm hearing, it sounds like people are saying that you buy Anime Strike and then there's a second paywall behind Prime to get to the rest of the content. So you, in order to watch all the anime, you have to have both, is what people are saying. So you have a double paywall. Death Wizard's here. Hey, Death Wizard. And uh, Danny says, um, is it safe to buy Code Geese from Funimation now? Uh, are there still duds floating around? Uh, and he said, sure, right stuff should only have corrected discs in stock, question mark. So what he's getting at here is that, gosh, it seems like every time Funimation does a big project, they royally screw it up, doesn't it? Um, so when they um, release hey, some piece, which is well, if you hate really something instead of taking your time to produce a quality, like you kind of notice, Sentai and Discotex guilty of this too. If something's massively pre-ordered and they back it up. In theory, they're trying to make more room for more production to meet the demand for what supply that they're going to get. 
But if you rush into a swap job, people will pretty much tell you. Uh, my theory behind Prime, the whole uh, anime strike for Prime, is they want to get newer stuff, but they want a little bit extra money, even though they're making their money, to try to buy these licenses. So that's probably why they have it so steep. I don't know. I, I think, um, again, I, I, it's such a foreign world to me. I know that this is where anime is going in terms of the majority of the community is watching anime through streaming services, but I don't. So for me, it's like, it's just, I am, I don't have an, I don't have a, an, a dog in the fight. You know, I don't care. Um, I, I like Netflix because Netflix is actually, um, they're now, I think they're before I, um, if you guys have been following um, on the Facebook page, I recently shared something from Pop Culture Cosmos, which was a it was a podcast that they did um, where a friend of mine and Augie's named Sarah Kay, she spoke to them about um, anime on Netflix, and apparently the way she described it, um, and I could be wrong, I might have misinterpreted, but it sounded like she said that the original quote-unquote Netflix originals, as in shows like perhaps I think Seven Deadly Sins was in that category, a Jin, um, Knights of Sidonia, and all those shows, that those shows weren't actually quote-unquote Netflix originals, but that they were just, um, they were special licensed to Netflix so that um, basically Netflix had uh, exclusive rights to stream them and that they just put the Netflix original in there because of that. Uh, but now from what I hear, they have got shows that we've been talking to, we've been trying to talk about St. Seiya um, that, uh, that are actually quote unquote Netflix originals in that they are basically doing the, the, the legwork behind the scenes and funding and, and all that to, to actually get those made. So as far as I'm concerned, just to clarify, um, I like Netflix's model uh, because they're actually creating things and everything I've seen from the Netflix originals in anything that they've done, not just anime has been great. Um, uh, and I haven't seen I haven't seen a lot of what they've done, but I'm just saying like, you know, Arrested Development, um, Knights of Sidonia, which again is not, I don't know if you could consider that um, Netflix original based on what I just said, but you know what I mean? It's like everything that they've done so far has been, um, has been pretty good and just to clarify mr nice guys chimed in saying that there is um that you need to watch both uh, i okay so he said basically ten dollars for prime then five dollars for strike referring to that being a uh, 15 bucks a month um and i asked does that mean you need both to watch anything or that some shows are just behind a second paywall and he said both behind two paywalls which i'm assuming means that I, that, I don't. That, that doesn't make sense. I don't. I'm so out. out I'm so not um, qualified to discuss the streaming anime. <laughs> but for, it sounds like I don't know. Technically, for Seven Deadly Sins, wouldn't that wouldn't that be considered a commission to make the OVAs? That's what I thought. 
but from what Sarah said, and, and uh, the reason I'm bringing up Sarah, by the way, is because Augie and I have been talking behind the scenes about having her guest on the podcast because she's a friend of ours who's also a collector and has an interesting viewpoint on certain things. Like, for instance, um, Pop Culture Cosmos actually approached me to talk about um, Netflix uh, anime because um, one of the, uh, let's say, co-creators of Pop Culture Cosmos um, is actually somebody that I went to high school with, um, like many, many years ago. Um, and, uh, so he reached out to me and I directed him to Sarah because Sarah took a class in college, um, about Netflix. Like she took a Netflix class and they did a project where she actually, um, did her own sort of little podcast talking about, uh, about anime on Netflix, and apparently recently Netflix actually reached out to the to the members of the class, uh, and they actually took their projects to sort of the higher ups at Netflix. Um, to uh, uh, man, my 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 camera is like really lagging behind. Um, but she they, apparently apparently they actually took the critiques or the criticism from from this class these projects and took them to the uh, heads up he the the top people at netflix to potentially um t take that feedback let's say so that's why i'm god i'm getting so such a roundabout way of saying this is why i brought up sarah in the first place and i, I want to basically say that she'd be a much better authority on talking about streaming anime because she streams so much more than than i do um and Mr. Nice Guy is, has said, also a lot of shows are getting funded by Netflix, um, right? Like Trigger uh, and Little Witch Academia. Um, why it's only there, right? Uh, and he says, you're paying twice to watch Strike at a total of 15 bucks. So, okay. So I guess you need you need Prime. According to Mr. Nice Guy, you need Prime and um, Strike in order to watch the shows on Strike. So, yeah, it's, it's stupid. It should just be one. They really should just make it one. You know, it should just be Prime. It's dumb that they have this extra thing just to market it towards anime people. And I think that everybody in the anime community sees this and recognizes this, and they're upset about it. Because nobody seems to like Anime Strike, from what I've heard. Anyway, go ahead, um, Augie, and save me from constantly talking about things I don't know anything about. <laughs> well, let's see. We probably need to talk to Sarah. I would. I really like... Uh... When I did talk to her on Skype, I really did enjoy the conversations. Um, so now that we talk about some high school girls who've been up to some Jill Tankery. Yeah, let's get on to Girls in Pants. Let me grab the um, the DVDs real quick. I already got them right here. And he doesn't see me at all. Oh. I definitely hear that thunder now. So, if you're like me, and you bought the DVDs, you should probably go get the Blu-rays, because uh, this is the only way that they released the, the latter parts of it. Um, so your collection is going to look a little bit off. Oh, come on, camera. Come on. Come oh, on. My, um, yeah. my, my network is so bad right now. Yeah, so that's how it's going to look in your collection. Um, so I'm, I'm probably at some point going to buy the Blu-rays too so I can separate it like that and it'll look, you know, it'll have the extra Blu-rays right here. So it'll look a little bit cleaner in terms of having the, the series. But um, 
so we start by talking about the TV series, I'm assuming. Yep. And sorry, Shane, <laughs> who has seen none of it. <laughs> um, what do you want to? What, what would you say if you were to like a one sentence on what Girls in Panzer is? I'm gonna say it's it's Kaon with tanks, right? Mm, I wouldn't say Kaon because they they do more than tea parties. Um, by the way, this is our first sports anime that we've ever talked about. Yeah. Uh, oh, did you watch it in English or Japanese? Out of curiosity, I've seen both. Uh, one sentence uh, for this show. Well, I just want to say that. Watch, um, watch girls with character development fight each other in tanks. It's. Let me put it this way: it's a really fun show. Really fun. More fun than it has any right to be. Should we talk about the pace first? Sure, but I just want to say one of the things I really like about this show is you can tell that the creators of it had so much fun making it. And I always love watching content that I can tell the person who made it was really passionate about. And the last podcast we talked about Dagashi Kashi. And uh, Dagashi Kashi was very similar to this in that whoever created that was really passionate about Dagashi. You know, so they got to create something where just all their passion for Dagashi just flowed into every, you know, page of the manga and every episode of the anime, right? Um, this, the same thing with Girls in Panzer, except with tanks. Um, so the person who created this was very much into military stuff, which a lot of people in Japan are very much into tanks and knowing all the specs and all the different little details about tanks, where their weak spots are. And they had a lot of fun putting this together. So I just want to say that that's one of the things I really enjoyed about it. I really look for the TV series and OVA and I enjoy the characters. Each one of them were flushed pardon the pizza patrol, but we'll get to that later. The, how they have the TV series set up. If you had questions about it, OVAs answered questions. You're just referring to these characters. Because the the extra characters didn't get a whole lot of fleshing out. Not a lot of fleshing out, but you can tell with their, like, where they come from and how they act. You can kind of tell who they are, even though you've never talked to them. Yeah. Um, One thing I'll say is that it was hard to at times follow all the different tanks and who was in each tank. And, and at the very beginning of the show, I really liked um, how, and I'm totally stepping on your toes right here, but I'll, I'll let you talk for an extended time in just a second, but how in the beginning of this, when they first got all the tanks, they painted all of them. So they were really easy to distinguish. Right. And then yep. they paint them again. So they all kind of look the same. And it was like, at that but point, they, I had a hard time following it, but go ahead. But they have different mascots, so you know who's in what tank. That didn't, that didn't help. <laughs> I have to watch it. The, more than one the endings helped. It, it, um, it, it, was, it, was, it was something. Let me just say that. They gave us something to help, but it was, it was hard to follow in that. Uh, um, yeah, I constantly forgot which team was which, you know, so anyway. But it was still fun to watch. Go ahead, though. Uh, another with the pacing, it did not feel like I was watching an hour. It felt like after I watched the TV series, 30 minutes passed by when technically three hours went away. Mm-hmm. I, for the animation, I enjoyed how they blended the cell shade with the character, with the, I guess, flash drawn characters. 
It didn't feel off. It felt kind of natural. You can kind of tell when the tank's kind of ice cube across the screen, but it felt kind of natural as to how they would do it. it didn't stick out like a sore thumb or something hilarious like in Bento when the girl just floats off the bed. Um, one complaint I have is you don't really see much of the teachers going over strategies and stuff. It's as if yeah. they're natural born people who lead. There's no tanks and tankery. Um, yeah, they could have they could have shown more school life. Um, but on the other hand, I feel like that. I I feel like because it was only twelve episodes, they got away with that. If they had extended it to twenty six, they could have filled in. Extra stuff with school time stuff, you know. So oh, you're gonna like the news later. Uh, yeah, that's one flaw that I have, but it kind of makes up for it for the later stuff. Um, how they go about the story. At first, it felt like everyone just had to be in this club, and that's it. So we just select this one girl who used to go to this big school with Tankery, and we'll get her to do Tankery again. Yeah, yeah. It well, wasn't until. Should we explain the plot as to why that's happening? Well, that happens in episode six when they finally reveal that. Yeah, but do you want to tell it out of order to explain what happened? Because they basically they propagandized the the. Okay, so in I was going to bring this up before when I asked you if you watch it in English or Japanese. In English, in the show, and the first OVA, the first OVA set, they refer to what they do as tankery. And in the Japanese version, they call it Sencha Do. And then in in the Anzio OVA, and then in the movie, most in the Anzio OVA, they just call it, they don't call it Tankery at all. They just call it Sencha Do in the English dub. In the movie, they call it both. They refer to it both ways. So that was kind of, I don't want to say it was annoying, but it was just like, I wish they had picked a lane and stuck with it. I preferred Tankery. I thought it was a great a great um, title for what they were doing. It could have just been a translation thing where they needed lip flaps to to match differently. But um, um, for me, I wouldn't have been able to tell it tell any difference part of it. They're just saying a Lego block is a Lego block. I couldn't tell the difference. Okay, I'm just saying that the the phrase they used, like I said, it didn't really bother me, but. Um, it seemed like what happened is that they they released the show in the first set of OVAs. They had chosen to call it Tankery, which is somebody who at that point had only watched it in English, I thought was a great title for it. All right? And then for whatever reason, um, the uh, for whatever reason, the um, um, the introduction specials the, there's like there's two like a what are, you, are they DVD specials is that what they're technically um okay so you're talking about the introductions yeah, I'm, just, I'm just I'm just mentioning there's these two episodes that are on the DVDs I would call DVD those specials, those are exclusively in Japanese there's no English dub for them and that's how I learned that in the Japanese version they refer to it as Senshido right and then moving forward it seemed like they got bad feedback Sentai seems to have gotten some bad feedback for calling it um, tankery. I don't. It seemed like the community probably lit a fire under them for doing that. So they uh, they went out. It just it felt like there was some politics behind the scenes as to why they went out of their way to start calling it Senshido in the OVA. But I'm I'm totally getting us off track here. So sorry about that. But do you want to do you want to ex- do we, should we explain why why things went the way they went in the first episode with with 
because you said they they basically went to get the whole school signed up for tankering. Okay, so rewinding back, the whole yeah. reason our main our shaggy bob headed character has joined this school instead of the one with where her sister and mother has graduated is because she went she was a rebel and tried to rescue some people when they were going through a normal. It was either a match or an exercise. I want to say exercise. I think it was, it was actually a match. Rest. They lost the match because she did that. That's right. They went through a match and it was raining. One of the tanks slid slid off course and entered the river. She, seeing being a person outside of the tank, ran down the slope and tried to rescue them. Which really the situation's kind of a give and take because. Yes, you put yourself in danger, but at the same time, you helped people out. Because they sided with, that's too dangerous. They lost, they, and because their school had her, that school is her family's school. The What's her last name, Miyamizu? Something like that? Something like that. Her, her, dang it. They don't. They only have her first name on here. Miho, 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 Miho. Yeah, her sister. Well, I know Mako. her name. Is Miho, but yeah, but anyway, it's 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 a school that's like her family school, like generationally. So basically, she was shamed because their their way of doing things is to win no matter what, and the fact that she lost because she chose to go make sure that her comrades were okay because a tank went off into an embankment and went into a river basically, and she jumped out and dove into the river and got them out of the tank and rescued them, you know? And she got shit for doing that, you know? So with that, with that, she's transferred to a school that doesn't have tankery because she doesn't want to do that anymore. Like, she specifically goes to that school because she wants to distance herself from tankery. Yep. Isn't herself from Tankery, then right off, right off the bat, everyone has to join Tankery if you're in a club, as a mandatory club. But in the background, it's it's subtly hinted that they need to do this or their school will close down. Right. Which, of course, this being competitive sports anime, you, you can kind of see that coming. Oh. So through that, they had match upon match, which they, had, they fought the English, the Italians, the Russians. The Russians the, I, I, I'm not sure if it's that Japanese or what. I guess super American. <laughs> Wait, no, they so fought there, the Americans Saunders, and the Russians. Yeah. The Saunders Academy, that's the regular Americans, right? Yeah. Um, there's Anzio, which is the Italians. There's Katusha's uh, uh, brigade, which is the Russians. Mm -hmm. And then there's the that last other, one. Who's the, the first series. one that they went against? The, the one they went against before Saunders. They lost Because they lost match. their first match. That was with the English. Okay, so the, the English. Italians, because they skipped them. Remember that. That was their second match that they beat. Oh, so, so does the... Does the... Does that particular OVA does that is that supposed to take place um, midway through the through the show? Okay, so this OVA, yeah, 
This takes place technically explaining what happens in episode two. Okay. What happens before the match of the movie and a little after explaining where the whole crew were. Technically, this was made after the movie. I still say watch it before the movie so oh, you can understand who yeah, these are. Yeah, because those characters are in the movie. No, I definitely agree. Uh, I think that that should be watched before the movie. By the way, I want to say something about the movie. This this tripped me up. This disc art. This is the okay. So this is a DVD Blu-ray combo pack. So this is the Blu-ray on this side, and this is the DVD. From what I understand, this disc art. Uh, this is a promotional image for. A, a 16 minute special that takes place after the movie that's not on the on the disc. Oh man. Yeah, I totally oh. lost right here. Wait. Ah oh, shoot. <laughs> I I've been keeping the uh so oh, since yeah. Augie sent these to me. Uh, oh, now you're reading now you're reading the notes I sent you. I'm not I'm not reading them. I just I'm keeping them in here and I just lost one of them. Uh-oh. It just it fell out. So I'll have to find that and put it back in. Because um, I was trying to show the, the discs. Anyway, by the way, the artwork on the discs um, really reminds me of the artwork from the manga of uh, Ichigo Mashimara. I wonder if it's the same. Uh, I wonder if it's the same. Strawberry Marshmallow, right? Yeah, Strawberry Marshmallow, Ichigo Mashimara. Well, if that's the case, where's the weird gleaming shine on their uh, shoulders? On their, shoulders on their and knees stuff? and elbows? <laughs> yeah. How come everyone's not bathed in baby oil for some reason? I want to put that up as a uh, next time after after Death Parade and we finally get through, you know, our like cycles of you pick something, I pick something. For my next one after Death Parade, after your one after that, uh, I want to do Ichigo Mashimaro. <laughs> Don't let me forget, chat. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. We mentioned there's introductory episodes to this. Kind of similar to Alice in the Looking Glass where the afterward kind of explains the chess moves, but it doesn't. The introductory episodes goes over the the tanks that they use, the stats for the tanks, what kind of strategies that they are, who the characters are, and what kind of personalities that they have. They even go over more names that you can catch during the show's natural mm-hmm. dialogue. Right, and there's two of them. One of them takes place after episode six. You're supposed to watch it after episode six. The other one I heard is supposed to watch it after episode 12, but I think it's actually supposed to be episode 11.5. I think I you're know. supposed to watch it before the end the irony is i didn't know about those introductory episodes till you posted so i had to quickly watch those yeah those those introductory episodes um are really good aren't they like they they really explained a lot more um there's something specifically i want to talk about that happened in the show Uh, that i'm just going to say the mouse tank i want to bring that up uh but i don't want to jump there right now if you're not ready to go there yet um yeah let me keep let me finish this one. Yeah. Let me go on this one point and then go from there. Sure. Another thing that I like about the show is how it kind of interweaves with each other. You have what's given in the TV series, which I still see. I still say the finale big tank that they use should have been illegal since that was a prototype. But anyway. Wait. The big one that the, the sister school used. That was in... That was in the movie, wasn't it? 
What was the who that was wasn't the, the mouse? Movie, tank? I apologize. I yeah, apologize. I was gonna say the mouse tank was the finale in the in the show. Yeah, I'm sorry, crap. I ruined it. Anyway, moving forward, moving forward. Yeah, sorry, I just have, I'm just keeping us on the same page. <laughs> you have the events going on here. You have the OVA, which intertwines and kind of explains some stuff. Like what what happens when what happened after their after the finale of the TV show? What happened to this character when they explored one area? What happened to this character if it just goes in more detail and you finally see that awesome blowfish dance? <laughs> also mentioning some uh, short some smaller smaller introductories. I like if you were to try to introduce your friend to this show, show, and this is kind of debatable, but I would show the introductory special from the movie. Grand, that might minute. reveal a little bit too much. Yep. Getting a bit short. Um, how was the pacing for, on your side, the movie and the OVAs? Okay, one's up. The TV series and the OVAs. Something just froze. My my okay yeah my internet's like my internet's really struggling right now, um, so I'm just answering a comment. Okay. Uh, I okay. Said the but so I do want to say that uh, to your point, um, this show practically watched itself. It didn't. It wasn't a struggle to get through. It wasn't a chore uh, in terms of um, like you said. You you watch what feels like 30 minutes and then you realize three hours have gone by, you know, because it, it, it is a really enjoyable watch. It's not a very, not a lot, not a whole lot of substance to the show, but you know what? We need shows that are just fun, you know? And I think it's a great show for that. Uh, it really fills that uh, very well. Um, and one thing I want to say about the OVA real quick, uh, the, the first set of OVA, just to, just to clarify it, um, there's two separate OVA collections. There's this one, which has six fan service episodes, and then there's this one, which is one episode of the uh, the Anzio battle where they fought the Italian school. Um, this one, which has the fan service episodes, everybody was telling me it's it's real fan servicey. It's swimsuits and stuff. It's like yes, they had the whole like let's shop for swimsuits. But it was actually more um, tank fan service. Like it was, it was even more fan service for people who are really into tanks and military stuff than it was for like the typical anime. Like, let's see chicks in bathing suits. Didn't you think? Like, I thought that was really funny about it, and I really oh, yeah, enjoyed that. Yeah, I thought it was hilarious, especially the talent show. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, regarding the, there was a tank, the mouse tank. Yep. Regarding that tank, they did this thing in the show. And it was really, like, they have to keep upping to Annie in the show. And it's really fun to watch as they keep doing this stuff. But they do this thing where there's this one tank, and it's so heavily armored compared to the tanks they're using, they just can't touch it. And it's like, it shoots one blast and blows the tanks out of the water on their team. So, so what they had to do uh, is they drive... They're like here's the the tank. It's it's ironically called the mouse, right? Even though it's a huge tank, they drive their tank into it so that as it's going forward, it goes up on top of their tank, right? And it gets stuck, 
and then they launch an, another tank of theirs comes up and drives like up the back of the tank that has it uh, and like basically they drive up on top of the tank in order to shoot it at super close range in order to win the match right or whatever to take it out and I, the whole time i'm watching i'm like this is really intense but also why isn't the mouse tank just driving backwards Did they explain that? Was that only able to go forward or something? You know what? I'm not going to question stuff with <laughs> how these girls use the tanks. They, in the movie, this better explains it. When they were trying to fight, they had a two-on-two -two match. When they were trying to fight and got outnumbered, they explored the safety zone and did stuff with the tanks that just felt like high school jilled foolery in this case. They were able they to have split tanks. They got yeah. tanks that climb over stuff. They hide tanks and reveal <laughs> other tanks. They, it's madness. They I had um, the tank you described that should have been illegal to use. They yeah. had this tank that was like they they said it was seventy times more powerful, seventy five times more powerful than the tanks they were using, uh, in terms of just like how much gunpowder was loaded into the shells and whatnot or the the, no. you know, the millimeter size or whatever and this thing was huge i mean it was it was a beast the barrel it's like the tank another tank could have driven into the barrel that's how big the barrel of their gun was right and uh they did this thing where one of the girls uh, drove their tank onto the back of the other tank like on the back side of it and the tank catapults the other tank in through the air and they're shooting at the big tank. That was such a funny scene because it looks like they're going to go into the barrel, like as they're shooting. Right. And then it's like, then they show it from the side and they're like way far away from it. They really overshot <laughs> or they undershot where they were going to go. Oh, that was so funny. Yeah. They, they, and then the guy's shop that keeps getting destroyed. <laughs> what I don't know. happens in these competitions, it doesn't explain it, but you kind of get through the, crowds cheers as to what's going on if, yeah so if this area gets destroyed by a tank it'll be refurbished it's like winning the lottery <laughs> pretty much yeah it's like a mini version of winning the lottery it's like it's it's probably something to do with insurance it seems like it, when you're sitting there watching it you really have to disengage because first of all no the, in in real life this could never ever happen especially the fact that they were battling their tanks through uh, suburban districts, you know, like they were going through towns and shooting at each other through these towns, destroying property, which is really fun to watch. But um, uh, not only that, but the girls who like, cause they're commanding the tanks and they're, they're coming, they're sitting outside the top of it. So as the tanks going forward, they're like, you know, go forward and they're, they're riding outside the tank, you know, so to speak. And it's like, one stray shell is going to obliterate you. Like, you're gone. You know? Like, it's so dangerous to do this in real life kind of thing. And it's like, you really have to suspend your disbelief there. You know? Because it's like, it's so freaking... Like, for instance, the girls not having hearing protection, um, getting shot at close range by tanks. Those girls, like, brain damage and, you know... Um, oh, there's, there's no way they would... Tank. What? They're safe. They're sitting in a tank. tank. Yeah, but the... The vibration and the, the reverberation of being hit on the outside of that tank, the, the you're going to lose your hearing on the inside. There's no way that they're coming out of that okay. 
they're going to be shell shocked at the very least. It's it's completely um, unrealistic in that regard. It's so fun to watch. Like you just have to suspend your disbelief. And they do actually in the introduction OVAs, they do explain something to do with the um, the interior of the tank is armored specially for the matches, and also the um, the shells that they use are specially designed to be less lethal or something. So they they do to a degree kind of explain it but oh I don't know. it's so much fun it's such a fun so, show how how'd you react to the tanks drifting i loved it uh, and it's actually Ooh. funny because one of them i think it was in the movie remember when um the the two flag tanks are in that like building structure and they're locked yeah. in there and they're just doing a one-on-one -on -one match oh yeah the the move that time. the move that Miho uses to take out that flag tank at the end is the same exact move she used at the beginning of the show. Just like they really like the amount of drifting she does is significantly more, but it's the exact same move. Um, if you watch the, I watched the, maybe it was the in three minutes, uh, in almost three minutes or whatever, like short. Um, they show clips from the beginning. I'm like, oh yeah, it's the same exact move, you know. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I really, I didn't, I didn't hate the drifting. Um, I, I don't know. I just, I, I fully enjoyed all of it. I loved the OVA where they were doing the swim rare and Yukari, who's my favorite character on the show, um, was wearing like the special ops, like wetsuits and stuff. <laughs> I love that. That was so funny. Um, and then my wife made a, a she, uh, she's Italian, my wife. So I made her come in periodically to watch the Anzio battle. I was showing her bits like when they beat the, first of all, in the Italian school, the characters' names are anchovy, um, pepperoni. You know, <laughs> they've got all these great names. Um, and uh, um, at the end of the battle, anchovy does this, Ita that Italian like kiss, kiss, kiss on, on either side of the cheek thing, which I thought was really funny to see animated. Um, and then, uh, um, my wife made an observation that perhaps Caesar, which I think my wife is wrong about this, but there's a character named Caesar who's really into Roman history. And there's like a group there in one of the tanks. Um, there's a group where each girl in the tank is like, they have, um, a love of history for a different time period. Right. So the one girl named Caesar names herself that because she's into Roman history. Another girl likes Japanese history from this period. I think one of them had a Japanese history from a different period. And then one of them was like, um, like British European Western history. Um, and uh, my wife made the observation that maybe Caesar was actually named after Caesar salad <laughs> and not Caesar, you know, like, you know, Caesar, Caesar, because um, the girl that she was friends with at the Anzio school was na named herself Carpaccio. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, it was a, uh, it was a fun watch though, to say the least. Going back to the different cultural traits. Like for the Italian school, they love to cook. I wish that they would stop eating some food about cooking and be more on tankery. Great quote from the show. So, yeah, and then the just to further iterate that point, when the when they're doing that that rally, like the pep rally kind of thing, and then all of a sudden the clock strikes noon, so it's it's uh, lunchtime. They all just desert. <laughs> they desert the rally to go eat. <laughs> we have like the the Russian. When the Russians show up, you see them have their leader be 
she's a high schooler, but she's like the size of a nine-year-old, and they kind of yeah. mother her so the whole funny. time. And she, she's like, um, it was like, what's that show, Tanya the Evil? Yes, yes. She, it was very, very much like that, and it was that was my set, my other favorite I'm character. Her. Well, it was lighthearted, yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's it's a little person, and she's the commander, right? And she's super right. tiny, and she's she has a superior, like, a supreme complex over it. So she literally has uh, the other girls carry her on their shoulders, and she pretends like like I tower over you, and it's like, yeah, but you're on somebody else's shoulders, and she's like, shut up, you know, like, oh. um, she's just constantly, she's got a complex over how small she is, and she's very much like it's it's as if. It's as if, yes, she's in high school, but maybe she skipped, like, five grades to get there, you know? Because <laughs> she really um, seems like, like a middle schooler. There's four subtle points that just make her seem like, yes, we're going to baby her. Like, they put her, when they have something to eat, they put her in a high chair. When it's when they're in the middle of a match and they're just waiting a long time, she <laughs> takes a nap in this, uh, it's like a hover ski boat but it can't but if you look at it from afar it looks like a cradle yeah and, and the thing is that she she just like a kid to fall asleep after eating is the the line that, <laughs> yeah and wait you already pointed out one so the last one would be the helmet that she had i always get a small chuckle from this when she wears this thing it's like she just put a pillow right over her head and she's playing <laughs> it's a helmet um how much you say about the British? They drink tea and they keep saying favorite historical quotes, which mm -hmm. yeah, give or take on that. In the movie, how did you feel about the Swedish people? Uh, Girls dressed. The movie, there was a lot. There was a lot going on in the movie. To be honest, I didn't think we were going to talk about the movie. I thought we were going to have a more normal podcast. So I kind of had it on in the background um, while I was working on censoring the grab bag video from this year. Um, so I was planning on rewatching the movie before our next podcast because I thought we'd be talking about it then. So I don't really remember the okay. Swedish people. Well, I mean, I, I'm happy to talk about it now since I've seen it, but I just don't remember the Swedish people in particular. Maybe. And I. There were only okay. two characters. They okay. were dressed in blue, and one was playing this uh, harpsichord. Oh, I love that. Yeah, so I, I just didn't care. I didn't realize that they were Swedish. Um, it didn't pick up Marine. on that. But, yeah, I loved that. I loved that scene. Uh, I loved the music they played. I thought that they handled that. Uh, like, the editing on that on that, that whole scene was really well done, um, and it was so enjoyable having it, uh, having it just pop into them in the tank, uh, playing that little instrument that was so much fun yeah then the one thing uh, before i forget i just want to say real quick about the anzio school i felt like uh missed opportunity to not give them thick italian accents but i understand why oh well you don't want them to have mustaches either oh, that's uh, so funny though <laughs> anyway i continue <laughs> um one weird thing about this show is you don't see the villain that often. He has like three scenes and that's it for now. The villain? Yeah. The superintendent. He doesn't look in the much. Movie. Yes. Uh, movie in and the TV series. He doesn't show up in any OVAs. Maybe the first intro. You can miss him. He's the one where the student council president, the teacher of the tankery, some big guy who looks Japanese, and Shiro, Miho's mother, 
all talk again saying they won these battles keep the school open but no no we have to do another one yeah so so just to clarify because I, I don't think that that fully got um, let, let me just let me just give a quick overview of the plot for the for, for the entire series um, as as far as we've seen it so far um, we, we mentioned Miho um, basically leaves the original school that was her family school because she had a real bad experience with Tankery because she lost the match uh, for doing something heroic by saving her her classmates right so she goes to the to this school which she specifically goes to because they don't have a tankery um, department, like a tankery club there. And she feels like she'll be able to start fresh and new, like a lot of anime characters. And then it turns out that the school is getting shut down um, unless, uh, you know, because they're, they're out of money or, or whatever the problem is. And the student council makes a deal with the faculty that the school will not be shut down if they win the, like the, the championship for tankery, yeah. right? So this the the first twelve episodes uh, in, or that's the the entirety of the TV show in those twelve episodes um, is them winning the championship, right? So they win the championship, therefore the school should be saved. And then lo and behold, we find out in um, in the uh, in the movie uh, that the school is still shutting down, right? It didn't matter, and I, I kind of saw that as the superintendent who you are calling the villain, the bad guy. Um, right. I guess he is the creator of the conflict. If you, if you want to look at it that way, I don't really think of him as a villain, just kind of a sleazeball. But um, I kind of thought about it as he was, he didn't think that they could possibly win. And he didn't think they could possibly uh, win the championship. So he was throwing them a bone to get them off his back. And in reality, the fact that they won wasn't going to change the fact that the school was going to go out of business. That's what it seemed like to me is that it was, is that they just being kids, they got thinking. wrapped up in the good. That is some smart thinking. I'll reveal that after we talk about the movie. Okay. Well, that, that's just how I interpreted it. I just thought that he was trying to, as an adult was talking to these kids, like, look, there's literally nothing we can do. But if it'll get you off my back, I'll tell you that if you win the championship, then uh, then the school won't be shutting down. And then, oh, crap, they won the championship. Oh, shoot. Well, here's the truth. The school's still shutting down. That's what it seemed like to me. It's, that's, that's the plot. And then uh, the movie, the majority of the movie is them doing something else to win the, to, to prevent the school from shutting down. So there's basically more tank battles. Um well, the so that's, that that's, that's just awesome. teamwork. Teamwork and keep on punching. Yeah, and that was, you know, I got to say that one of the things that I really liked about this is the world building that they did, right? Oh, so they, yes. they did a lot of world building. First of all, we haven't even mentioned the fact that this all takes place on a, their school in their whole, like, neighborhood is on a giant freaking boat. Aircraft carrier. Right. Yeah, just a huge aircraft carrier, enormous, like huge entire city on this aircraft character um, carrier. Which and, it's a shame that the TV series didn't touch it, but one OVA went over and an introductory special went over it really well, like how how things were, how it was set. You, there's a set of stairs go up the ship. There's a set of stairs go down the ship. Yeah. And somehow there's tanks hidden in random rooms that aren't mapped out. 
Yeah, they they the introductions. I'm a little bit disappointed. I I I'd kind of like to recut the introductions to take out the scenes from the show in terms of the scenes that are um, that are spoilers, if you will, so that people could. So that I, I'd like to cut them into the show. You know, um, I'd like to. I, I own Strike. I think I own, I think I own I think Strike I Witches. I don't have the movie yet. I well, I um, I bought it from uh, Naughty Senpai. Um, I've got the the limited edition pack. I don't know what's in that, but um, I'd really like to watch that. I just haven't. You know, I haven't. I, it's nice to do the podcast because it gives me an excuse, a reason to start yeah. watching stuff. Um, I'd love mm -hmm. to watch that. That and also a, a pot. Apote uh, is another one that's uh, kind of similar. Let me grab that real quick. Um, I've seen Apote. You haven't seen it? I have. I have seen that uh, one. Oh, it's right here. Yeah. To be perfectly honest, sorry. I should probably pl plug my headphones in so I don't interrupt you if you're talking. But to be perfectly honest, I hate the cover for this DVD. Like, yeah. they really are sleezing it up when I don't... From what I know of the show... God, come on, camera. <laughs> go, 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 turn. Yeah, from what I know of the show, it's... Uh, um, I, I feel like they're really overselling the fan service. I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've enjoyed uh, I call it Strike Witches. I think it's Strike Girls. I could butcher that name horribly. I've seen like an episode or two, and I am interested. Uh, comments talking about the sequel of Strike Witches. Or yeah. spinoff. Anyway, back to the see. movie. Grab Strike Witches. So Strike Witches is the one where the girls are the jet legs, right? Yes, the worn pants where a lot of veterans happily come. Yeah, but they're not wearing pants for the majority of it, right? So this is right. this is the set that I have. It has Strike Witches and Strike Witches Two in it. Um, what I did was got I got the original box set because I like how it looked, and I cheaped out and got the same edition of the second one. Um, um, I have a book too. This is Skinner. Yeah, I know. Well, I same, know. same title, skinny stuff. I like Lima being YL. That's all right. That's all right. I was just giving you a hard time. That's anyway, fine. so we're like totally getting off topic though. Um, do we have anything else to say about Girls in Panzer? Um, you talked about the world building. Um, Oh the yeah, character yeah. Um, has to overcome a trial of like, ooh, my parent disowned me because I didn't do flower arrangement. My mother and sister, even though my sister's cheeky and kind to me, are being harsh because I disappointed them, even though they want to root me on. Hey, and he's in the hospital. Raga. Sorry, I'm just addressing a new commenter who popped in just now. Um, so yeah. To, to your point, they each each character had something they had to work through with their family, 
and they did so through Tankery, basically. Except one, I think she just kept gossiping about boys the whole time. Yeah, yeah, no, they never really did anything with her. Um, some of the characters felt a little redundant. Um, the sleepy girl uh, and um, the one with the grandmother, and then the one that did the flower arrangement. I, sleepy girl and the grandmother were the same person. Right, right. I was just clarifying. So the, the sleepy girl with the grandmother, and then the one who had to do the flower arrangement almost seemed like the same character in terms of they looked very, very similar, but they were very different in who they were, you know? And the girl with the flower arrangement, she kind of disappears. Like, she's outshined by all the other characters, I felt like. Did, did you, you, you agree? I agree, but going back to the whole... Uh, what do you call it? Uh, someone's playing loud music. Uh, the last OVA with a talent competition where they have have them for the main act or the final uh, talent be that they're dressed up in Sentai uniforms. That could have been a format that the person used to kind of give a quick layout, then try to draw more of the world build, building, the sport of it, tactics and well charm well let me put it this way we have the show the first six ovas the movie and the onzio ova there's actually a lot more to it that we don't have yet so maybe in the in the there's a bunch of specials with yukari just going over stuff by the way something we should address that was super amazing how great was it every time she uh, snuck on board the enemy ship and did like a little vlog where she uh where she went through and and just you know, like figured out what tanks they had in their master plan. Like she did all this reconnaissance. That was freaking hilarious. Um, but uh, to, to get back to what I was saying about world building, something I wanted to bring up, what you were talking about, the movie being about teamwork. They did a really good job showing us all the characters, having each team have a dynamic difference from each other team in terms of the Italian team. They had one really good tank and a bunch of little go-kart tanks. <laughs> those go-kart tanks were like one hit and they're gone, you know? Um, and that was a really fun dynamic. Like I said, the creator of the show seemed to really enjoy themselves while creating it because they got to express themselves. Another show that does this really, really well is Zippon, which is the, the story where a Japanese... Um, I've already, I'm going to call it a battle cruiser. That's not what it is. Guided Missile Destro Destroyer, I think is what it's called. I got I got called out in the comments of my review for Zapong. But in Zapong, this ship gets sent back in time. This modern Japanese um, guided missile destroyer, I think is what they called it, uh, gets sent back in time to World War II, and they have to decide if they're going to actually aid in the war effort on the side of the Japanese and potentially win the war. And, and it's like the concept is, are they capable of doing that? You know, does one ship with modern technology actually make that big of a difference? And they did such an incredible job in that show explaining in a very interesting and not at all boring way why that ship is such a big deal by it existing there. Because just trying to avoid conflict is causing conflict. And it's just an incredible way that they did it. And you can tell that the person who created that show really 
was passionate and knew a lot about submarines and tanks and and um, battle cruisers and stuff. So it's very interesting to see people in their element be able to create something like this. So to get back to the movie and how each person got their own play, it was really fun to watch these dynamically different groups play to their strengths at one point and be able to do things like, for instance, there's a there's a group that's basically um, they, you know, they're just going in and ruining everybody else's plan because they just they just dive right into the battle and and um, mess everything up. And they had a they had a specific plan for them where they literally just coated their tanks with uh, like a balloon. You know, like they they disguised them so that when the enemy tanks came by, all of a sudden they would just start shooting at them. The balloons would pop, and they'd be like, "We're here!" You know, like oh, kind of. That was great. Yeah. So oh, they, they did it. It's it's really fun to watch. It's like. This is a show that could have been done really poorly, but it wasn't, you know, because they had so much passion behind it. They were so creative in how they ex ex um, how they explored all of the options, uh, and they really felt like um, each each group shined, really shined. Um, and uh, to another point, they do that one OVA that takes place in the middle of that one episode where the girls go. Um, when they're battling the Russians and they go to do the reconnaissance to find out where their tanks are while they're trapped in that building. Right. So um, like, that's another thing where it's like, they just keep expanding and they created a world that feels like they can just keep expanding it, you know, and they can keep going and keep showing different perspectives and whatnot. It's just, it's a really um, interesting um, uh, world they built and a very fun one to uh, experience. And Danny is bringing up Cockpit. Boy, would I love to see that too, but I think it's only been released on VHS over here. Yeah, that was released by on VHS by Urban Vision. But speaking of expanding the story, they, it was announced back in July 20th of this year that Girls in Panzer will have a six-part movie project, also a new PS4 game coming out soon. You know, while I was watching it, I specifically told my wife, this has to have a video game adaptation because this is like, this it is way too much fun. And it did cameo along with some other Sega game some people play. I think it's called uh, uh, Valkyria Chronicle. Okay. I think they teamed up in some sort of MMO tanking game. I could be dead wrong on that. I wouldn't be surprised. It seems like something they would do. Um, so Danny also said, uh, I imagine the gun slash ammo slash tank design very detailed as with gunsmith cats, or will nobody beat that? The tanks are um, cell shaded, so they're so they're done in in three D. Uh, but they're integrated really, really well. So they're very, very detailed, um, and they're accurate design-wise, uh, as far as I can tell from my limited knowledge of different tanks. But they, um, they, I think that they satisfy um, the uh, the detail for tank enthusiasts. But to answer your question, no, nobody will ever beat Gunsmith Cats simply because that was hand animated. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot more effort than doing it 3D like they did in, in Girls and Panzer. So just to just to clarify that. And also, um, I don't believe there's a DVD available for the cockpit um, to answer your question. No. 
let's cross our fingers, pray to some idol, and maybe they'll announce it this weekend. But on discotech, but I still doubt that. By the way, World War Blue um, just got released by uh, yeah by uh, Media, Media Blasters. Blasters. Yeah, one of the worst dubs ever made, from what I've heard. Totally looking forward to it. I've already I've already ordered it. I hope it comes before the next podcast. <laughs> well, good night, Mister. Nice guy. Mr. Nice guy. All right, dude. Okay. So, anything else you would like to talk about? Um, actually, I'm uh, I'm pretty good. If if anybody in the in the comments or the the chat here wants to um, suggest topics for discussion, um, I'm I'm okay with ending a podcast early this time because we've gone fine with it too. four hours <laughs> in the past. I just want to make two last points for Girls and Panzer, and okay. it's not much. Um, another highlight I liked about the show is generally without Tankery, these girls would probably do barely next to nothing with this school. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen any, aside from, from the girls fathers or some sort of adult figure. I don't, I don't recall any male students on this ship at all. So I probably would transform from Tankery to, hey, we're on a ship. This is our school life. That was point one. Point two, this kind of has like a fun way of showing the idea of, uh, of enlisting right, like mandatory enlisting right after high school. Conscription service? Yeah. What are your thoughts on that, out of curiosity? It's not a bad thing, but where would the creativity go? In real life? Yeah. I mean, you have to we go through school, then all of a sudden we have to go do this service that takes two more years of our life, in theory. Theory yeah. can never escape this brink of process. Where would the well? Well, I will say, or, I'll say that as somebody who went to an art school, there were a lot of students there who got their funding through going to the military. So they essentially did. You know, they weren't doing conscription service, but they they went to the military out of high school to fund going to college. Right, and they went to an art school. So I'm not. So you you said where would the creativity go? Yeah. You're thinking that that joining the military would um, would inhibit people's creativeness, which I, I don't think I is keep, wrong. I think you might actually I don't be think honest. It's wrong either. I just keep running into too many people that have PTSD. I mean, what I mean is that I don't. I think you're right. I think you're right that that it, that joining the military right out of high school would affect the creativity of a lot of people because military is very structured and um, you know, it's the whole left brain, right brain dynamic and um, the the different types of people there are in the world that there's a reason that the military is filled with a lot of more, let's say right leaning people um, versus left leaning people because left leaning people tend to be more creative and right leaning is more structured and whatnot. So, um, so throwing off that balance could, um, you know, throwing people into that could diminish uh, that creative sense, as you as you were uh, saying. But um, for for my theory on, I would just say 
Um, I'm not, I'm against any form of mandated government action on on citizens, but I do think that um, it would be a healthy thing for a society to to have it because it it um, it would be uh, you know it it sort of what the military does is it kind of picks up any slack parents had you know in parenting um, in sort of drilling into people and changing their um, uh, kind of adjusting how, uh, let's say, bad habits that that kids get from their parents not, let's say, not being there enough or not not being strict enough or disciplining them enough. That that all goes away uh, after a year in the military because they actually take care of it. Um, and uh, to answer um, Danny's question, he says he suggestion for future discussions: uh, monogatari and fate. Um, I have only seen the original Fate, and I've only seen Kizumonogatari, so um, not. I wouldn't be. I'd love to get on that and talk about those and get through them, but um, they're kind of expensive, <laughs> so I'm. Uh, I've been waiting on them. I can talk about Fate. I won't be able to talk about Monogatari because it's too expensive. <laughs> okay, you're back. Um, yeah, I can talk about fate. I'll save. I'll save her for what I have to. I'm gonna say that. What I have to say for later. Well, he he said this is a suggestion for future discussions. This okay. wasn't related to. This wasn't related to um, a discussion for this particular podcast. But I'm saying because well, he, he's that. talking about the timelines. Because we just we just went into all this detail on um, and how it all kind of interacts and connects together. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Um, assuming that Augie and I could. Uh, get our hands on Monogatari or All of Fate, um, it would be great to explore that as well. Monogatari, I hate how they're distributing. Oh yeah, it's, uh, I, I priced out how much it's gonna cost me to get everything I don't have. It's gonna be like close to 700 bucks. So yeah, I'm, uh, honestly what I should be doing is when I buy something from Right Stuff, I should get the least expensive thing that they have and just add it to my cart. Oh, until I end up getting all of it. But I also tried to do that with Urusei Yatsura. Only bought the first three DVDs, and then it went out of print, and I had to buy all of it at once uh, when that happened. So um, okay, I don't have to answer Danny's that. question. Because I know too many people well, who like it but can't afford it. Yeah. Start with, I hate and I regret saying this, but start with Broadcast Order because it gives more detail as it goes. Season one um, regarding it's regarding better or regarding Monogatari. Monogatari. Let me just series. let me just address this. If you go to my video, um, my first impressions on Kiza Monogatari, look in the chat or in the in the comments. Um, I actually addressed this where I listed things out chronologically and in broadcast. So you can actually you can get that answered right there if you wanna um, if you want to know where there's, to start because I've I've answered so this question numerous times over there. There's been so many people who've made panels about that timeline. Yeah. Um, the popular opinion that I keep hearing is read the light novels. Uh, I will raise you up one and say get the audiobooks because they're fantastic. Uh, the Keys of Monogatari audiobook um, actually has voice actors, like professional voice actors in it. It's got sound effects and it's got music. So it really immerses you. It's, it's as if you're watching anime playing in, like if you're listening to anime playing in the next room while you're working on a project it's actually it's really immersive and i liked it a lot more than the anime 
Um, so I'm just going to say definitely check out the auto uh, audiobook from Audible, or it's, it's from it's on Audible. It's from it's is it Kodansha? Vertical Ink. Right. Vertical Ink is um, a subsidiary, I think, of Kodansha. Um, so yeah, oh, totally awesome, totally awesome. Now regarding Fate, are you do you also want to know where to start there? Because I would do. Then. I would just do broadcast order for that. That's what I'm planning to do, at least. What I tried to do is start with zero and continue forward. Cause so what's going on with the Stay series? They're animating the three different end. They're three different endings or story routes that you can do. Right. I think because it's a visual novel or whatever. Um, but for the for what you said, AC, I whichever. The, does not have those words flashing on the screen because, yes, you can just absorb the atmosphere and move on, but it explains the crazy man's thoughts. Hey, look at the chat real quick, Augie. Yep. Do you know this one? How does... How do they write it? Fate. It's fate slash stay, right? Do you know this one? With you grinning and giving that tone of voice, I'm I'm not it's familiar, action, but it's the live action porn parody or, or whatever. I they knew did in Japan. it. I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. Yeah, there. So I just typed out fate slash stay K N I G H T instead of N I G H T. Um, let me. I got a. I got a screen share. You have to see what they did with Archer. It's so funny. Well, which I've never seen it, but I my friend my friend showed showed me that it existed when when the show was first coming out, and it's just been a long running joke with uh, with Archer. He just like oh gosh, his his hair is so funny looking. Ah, uh, it's it's auto correcting. I, I don't don't auto correct. You might need to do dog files uh, instead. Yeah, I found him. Okay. I found him. Hold on. Oh shoot! I gotta hold on. I gotta. I still see you. Yeah, no, in order to screen share, I have to pull that out of full screen mode. Okay. Um, I'm liking Death Wizard's comments, but that's for later. <laughs> yep. Wow. That's Archer. I should be careful because if I click on the wrong thing, you're going to see stuff that I'll have to blur later in the post thing. Oh, God. Nope. I already see something I'm going to have to get rid of. <laughs> Whoops. You know, if he had three more feet of hair, he could be a Polnareff. Say what? Three more feet of hair? Yeah. Polnareff? Yeah. Oh, who's uh, that other character from... Uh, who's Speaking. that other character from, from King of Fighters that has hair like that? Benny Maru or something? Yeah, it's still Polnareff. Oh, yeah. Well, it's... Okay. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so... He brought. So you're saying you were liking Death Wizard's comments? Oh yeah. Lucky Star could work. Is that the comment? Yeah, that's the choice I was going to do. Since oh, that's episode two. Oh, yeah, you that, that'd be three great. Episodes. That'd be great. But I think we we sort of have to do Detroit Metal City this week. Oh this, yeah, I'm totally fine with that. It's like a, It's just barely. You know, I'm I'm really considering getting the AirPods so that I can stop doing this with the whole like. In fact, I'm actually really surprised that the new MacBook even has a headphone jack, to be honest with you. But yeah, we're going to have to do Detroit Metal City this week. Oh, yeah. 
Um, should we? I do not have it, but should we include live action or keep it anime so it's easier to stream or try Hold to find? On. There's a live action Detroit Metal City. Yeah, that's what it first was, I think. Is it on uh, DVD? Yeah. Because I was wondering when they would release the anime for a long time. How did I not know about this? I've always wanted to see... Um, do you remember Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park? I've heard about it. I There is no DVD, VHS. I can't find any. I've been looking for it for years. I'm dying to see it. Sounds like you have to enter the world of DVR. Or VHS. I, no, I'm I'm totally okay with getting a a burned fake whatever of it. Just somebody like because I think it was only it only aired on TV once, and and I think people had to have recorded it and released it. Oh, you're right. It's right here in live action. Well, I'm gonna buy it and also watch it. Just saying. Okay. Well, and if I can that find one it. is. According to Wikipedia, it's Current, 105 minutes. Currently unavailable. eBay. Huh. Happening live, guys. You're seeing the collecting process. And, oh, there's a Blu-ray of it, too. Does the Blu-ray have a dub by chance? I do not know. I know it's released in 2008. Oh man, I don't. I found the Japanese release of of the live action movie. Detroit oh. Metal City movie. I'll just type in movie. See if that gets me what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's the Japanese version. Oh, this is gonna bug me if I can never find this now. You look at what you've done. <laughs> All right, I'll have to look for it. Wait, is that it? No, I think... What the heck? Oh, this must be the French one. Yeah, okay. Um, just going to get through the first page, and I'll, yeah, I'll, look, I'll have to look later. I, I, I don't see it. So, uh, all right. Well, I'll have to... Uh, I'll have to hunt that one down, because I'd I'd love Whoa. to have that. I love having, uh, having live-action anime uh, in my collection. You know, just like having having a collection of it. Oh yeah. Just gonna check out these other links real quick. Barnes and Noble. Oh, Item wow. is available for like, marketplace. There's one there. I can get that one. None. Can I do this? No. Okay. I'll get this one. God. Every time I mouse over that, it something comes up. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, I'm gonna buy this one. Um, just because uh, it's it's here, and I don't want to have to look for another one. But uh, this internet's killing me, dude. <laughs> okay, that's Barnes and Noble. Get on fixing your website. <laughs> oh yeah, I think I didn't tell you while you were on the camera. But um, Second and Charles is opening on the 12th. 
this yeah, month. Yeah, you said that earlier. Huh? Yes, finally. I don't know what Second and Charles is, so. You, uh, but I'm, I'm happy for you. Yeah. Because <laughs> it sounds like you're really excited. Oh, yeah. Well, rem well, remember, I bought fake for $6 instead of the 80 that ah. they wanted online, typically. Well, so, anything else? Check out his guest, apparently. I don't have an account. Um, I, yeah, anybody else got a topic for discussion? Live action. Okay. Is the is live action anime any good? That is a good question. First of all, no, I haven't watched ReZero yet because I don't think it's been released on DVD over here. Um, I enjoyed it. I wonder how the that guy's going to commission another season for ReZero. Yeah, since if this is the one I'm thinking of, they the ended season Raymond one till what? In, in Amelia, that's I. This is all I've gained from all the memes out there. That's all I know about the show. Um, so, I without without spoiling it for me, uh, explain explain your uh, explain your um, your oh. thoughts on what. Uh, well, you're you were trying to say like you don't think how, you, how he was going to commission a new season or something. Yeah, this uh, I forgot who this big wig who I'm not sure if it's Steam or what what other company. Uh, he liked ReZero, and he's trying to commission a new season of it since season one had the ending message say, saying that season two continues through the books. Oh, okay. That we don't have. Did they really say that? That seems like that's that's such a shitty thing when they do that. Yeah, but well, it's supposed to. This is supposed to commercialize something. I know. It's just annoying every time they do that. Oh yeah. Now, I want to get back to Danny's comment, or the the. I think Danny's answering the comment of "Are they good?" Um, I'm just putting in my, <laughs> just putting in my numbers here. Can I? Yeah. Oh, that's a gift card number. Okay, I'm gonna do this later. It's in my card. We're about to wrap things up. I'm not gonna waste your time with this. Um. So, so to to answer, uh, your the question of are is live action anime any good? It's a very hit or miss. Um, the two most recent I've seen, which are the live-action Ghosts in the Shell, which is an American-made one, and the live-action Tokyo Ghoul, I didn't care for. I didn't, I didn't think they were that good. Um, but every one I had seen prior to that, including Dragon Ball Evolution, I was able to enjoy, although clearly Dragon Ball Evolution, I'm not enjoying it because it was a good movie. I'm enjoying it because of who I saw it with and the fact that it was so bad, it was fun, you know? Um, but I've enjoyed every, every other one I've watched. Um, so live action GTO, live action cutie honey, live action Cromartie high school, which in my opinion is the best live action anime. You cannot top it. Don't even try. It's the funniest movie I've ever seen in my life. Um, it's better than the series. That is how good it is. It's better than the Cromartie high school series. Um, so what else is there? There's, there's live action Nana or Nana. I haven't watched that one yet. Uh, there's, there's a bunch more. There's a little live action Lupin, Strange Psychokinetic Connection. Uh, so I've enjoyed every one I've watched up until the two most recent I've seen, um, which were, again, Ghost in the Shell and Tokyo Ghoul. 
One of the best American adaptations, I'll say, is Edge of Tomorrow. And the reason why it's so good is that they don't, they're not trying to get everything word for word like it was in the Japanese light novel, um, All You Need Is Kill. Um, I think that that is the way to do things. If you're going to adapt something, adapt it loosely, adapt it for an American audience, and you're going to turn it into something great rather than, than having this ball and chain around your neck that says you have to do it exactly as it was in the manga or in the anime, and you basically have to cater to the fan base. Because the thing about Edge of Tomorrow is that almost nobody even knew that it was based on a light novel, you know? And that is how you get away with doing a great adaptation, is you you aren't constrained to the fan base that's going to make all this noise over nothing just because they're they're determined to hate it no matter what if it's an American adaptation. So those are my two cents. Actually, you know what? I lied. There are two other movies that I didn't think were that good. The live-action Guyver movies are way too long. I'll just say that. They're just too long. It feels like they should end halfway through, and then it's like, oh, it's still going, and you're looking at your watch like, oh, my God, I can't believe this is still going. How is this not over yet? You know, that's that's my only other one I didn't really care for. Anyway. My two cents, it's like picking blueberries. You're going to find good ones. You're going to find squished ones, and you're going to find a scorpion out of nowhere. Okay. Uh, don't, don't tell me that. <laughs> You say you're gonna find you a, did you say you're going to find a scorpion out of nowhere? You're so mean to me. <laughs> uh, you can kind of tell, like if you watch one or two of them, you can kind of tell if one's going to be good or if one's going to be bad. Yeah. Two, I would, two I would tell people to avoid would be the live action. Kashern and G-Savior, which are probably angered some people. Yeah. Um, um, to clarify, I guess. live action. The they're not that show. good. Those two, but they're they're the still show. they're still enjoyable, but they're just not they're 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 a disappointment. But they're still you can still watch them and enjoy something with them. Like Kashern, action packed, fun to watch. Not Kashern, not Kashern at all, but fun, fun to watch. You know. So anyway, back to your point. Um, I still think Balls of Fury was made from a manga series. I'm not um, sure. You mean um, Battlefield Baseball? Oh, you bet, no, you're talking about you're talking about Balls of Fury, the American. Yeah, we, we went yeah. over this. I think we discovered that wasn't the case, but um, we might want to revisit that. Okay. Um, City Hunters. City Hunters, great. The Jackie uh, Chan one. It's funny. Yeah, I just I just Chan watched. One. I just watched a top five live-action anime adaptations video on YouTube, followed by I think it was Watch Mojo's top five worst, oh. and it's like it's like the list was almost identical. Like the top five list in different orders had like almost every anime, and, and the City Hunter one was in there. <laughs> well, at least it was acknowledged. Where I don't know. I'm looking forward to the Chinese adaptation for it, mm -hmm. uh, either this year or next year. Um. Other ones to recommend. One, another one that I'm interested is in uh, Ore Monogatari, the movie, or My Love Story. That the story between a giant hulking man and a tiny chippy chippery uh, squirrel of a girl. Uh, have you seen? So inappropriate. Have you seen the images where they where they add the black bar across the back of her head? <laughs> yes, I have. <laughs> Uh, just seeing the squirrel eat a banana just makes me laugh enough. 
Uh, I would usually avoid any live actions made in America. Fans that agreed, I still say it's a coin toss. Um, well, you know, I'll just say, like, for instance, Edge of Tomorrow, great. I know a lot of people don't like this one. Speed Racer, fantastic. I love that one. Uh, such a great adaptation of what it felt like watching Speed Racer as a kid, you know, for a lot of people. Really captures the spirit, the family nature of it, um, and is super colorful and just, like, your heart is racing in that final fight, the final race. Um, just so much fun to watch. Um, so I think I think that I think that anime has gotten it. I think that America has gotten it right more times than you might think. Um, the Crying Freeman movie, which, by the way, so far as I know, does not have a DVD release over here. Um, really good. Um, and to get more into video games, the first Silent Hill movie is pretty enjoyable. You know, um, so it's again, it's. A, I mean, we're just reading the point. It's hit or miss. You know. Um, so I wouldn't I wouldn't discount any one of them. Uh, you know what it is is that it depends on what you're adapting is what it is what matters. Would you say? Yeah. Then you have like weird cases like uh, Twilight of the Cockroaches, which is VHS only, and the Giant Gorg, which has live action bits thrown into the beginning and some. Some scenes and Karate Master is guilty of that too. Like showing oh, the demonstrations. Does Karate have animation in it? Karate Master? Yeah. Karate Master is an animated story. Right. But to show like the real karate skills. Oh, you're talking, about, you're talking about action. the show. I thought you were talking about the live action movies that, that predate the show. No, those would be live action movies that predate the yeah. show. Yeah. One so, series I wish that would come over here is. Uh, Wild Seven. Okay. Don't oh, Initial D. About. Yeah, the Initial D live action movie is really fun. That's a that's a Chinese live action. Um, that that's a the soundtrack in that movie is one of the best soundtracks you'll ever hear. Um, they did a great job. Live action Ping Pong, another good one. Um, not Ping Pong Club, which I don't know if I'd uh, want to see a live action of that. I would. I mean, be like, oh come on! You know that they would they would do it the same way as Big Trouble in Little China. I hope, <laughs> I hope, <laughs> I hope that they would do it fun and not gross. <laughs> well, Saito Hiraga says, uh, "Tomoya Aki turning down Utaha." Kasumi Gaoka? Uh, what do you mean by that? I figured you'd know that. I don't either. I'm looking it up. <laughs> Copy. Search Google for this. So, this weekend at Otacon, Otacon what do you think Disco Tech would announce? I have no idea. I'm hoping it's more Lupin. Maybe it'll be um, maybe it'll be the Goemon Ishikawa movie. I'm still wondering when they're going to release more of the. Probably only one rooting for this. Um, Lock the Superhuman. Yeah, I'd like to see more of that. 
because there's three more that they can do, and one I think might be dubbed as well. But the other two or three are sub only because they they were made after that company will stop doing VHSs. Death Wizard says, running in the 80s, in Initial D, music is fantastic. Oh, okay. I think those are two separate points. I'm confused. I haven't seen, oh. I haven't seen Initial D, so... <sighs> Initial D is a really great example of... You remember, you remember when they used to, like, for instance... I don't think it was Funimation who actually did this, but remember when Dragon Ball Z came over here and they 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 had the Rock the Dragon theme song? Yeah. Instead of Chala, Head Chala, and the other, We Got a Power, and all, all those other theme songs that are the original ones. Um, to be fair, Rock the Dragon's a pretty great way to start Dragon Ball Z in every episode. It's a, it's a nice way to get you pumped for it, you know? But... Um, there were a lot of other shows that got rap openings and stuff that were just terrible and just yeah. so awful. Like, for instance, Pokemon's American theme song is really, really good compared to the Japanese one. You know, like, uh, it's widely accepted as being a great, um, uplifting, you know, wonderful song to go to pair with the series, right? But then yeah, it's have like... Have you ever one, compared the first season opening English Yeah, with Japanese. the Japanese one? where, where they the say same lyrics. Where they say under the skirt of a girl, uh, in the Japanese oh, one when Pikachu, run, but yeah, Pikachu runs underneath that girl's skirt and she screams in the Japanese one. That's not a girl. She's a, she is a last class of person. <laughs> okay. <laughs> anyway, um, but what I'm getting at here is that um, I, I just I just laid out a couple of American shows where they they redid the opening for the English release. And they did a pretty good job. Pokemon's, they did a pretty good job. Um, Sailor Moon is a pretty good job. Uh, Dragon Ball Z is a pretty good job. It's very different in Dragon Ball Z's case, excuse me, from the um, original ones, but um, it sets the mood well. Initial D is a perfect example of the exact opposite. They changed so much of the music in there, and some of the music in the later seasons of Initial D is so incredible, so unbelievably incredible, but the English dub is the worst. Like the the English adaptation is the worst. Um, the English rendition. I don't know how to say it. You know the the because dub is not appropriate for when you're talking about the music. But you know what I mean. Like the the English reversioning re however they call Restoring. it. Um, yeah, um, they um, they butchered it. It's awful, and I don't know if it's awful because similar to a lot of other shows like. Um, uh, Kodomo no Omocha, where they couldn't get the music rights over here, and they they like were forced to do it, but it, they should have just got the music rights because the music in Initial D like that'll get your blood pumping. Very similar to the Rock the Dragon kind of opening, like it gets you pumped to watch. Um, like that one, I think it's the fourth opening, Dogfight is such an incredible song, and it's like it it just gets you so ready to watch some epic you know drifting and stuff. So anyway. Um, with that, I think uh, I think we could wrap up early tonight. Yeah. Unless anybody else has something that they want to uh, throw out real quick. 
Uh, as I said that, a fifth viewer just jumped in the stream. <laughs> Hello, fifth viewer. Hello, fifth viewer. Oh, John. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it would be nice if they got more uh, more from the creator of uh, Galaxy Express. Get some of his Le stuff. Leiji Matsumoto? Yes. That, that brings up an interesting point regarding the whole timeline thing. Oh, yeah. The three, the three movies that will probably exist and he will probably have that be a swan song. Oh, no, I'm saying that Leiji Matsumoto, almost everything he's ever made is part of the same universe. Oh. Whether it be, what is that one, Die Guard? Is that what it's called? He did Guy Guard? Is it Die? Dan Guard. Dan Guard Ace, I think it is. Oh, Yeah, okay. this is this takes place in um, Leiji Matsumoto. Yeah, created by artist Leiji Matsumoto. Uh, yeah, so this takes place in, in part of the timeline. Um Boy, this is a choppy uh, uh, stream. Um, that takes place in part of the timeline, and uh, and um, uh, so does Captain Harlock, Gun Frontier, Space um, Cosmo Warrior Zero, Space Battleship Yamato, um, even the Daft Punk Interstellar Four or Five. Like they're all part of the same universe. Um, Mattel Legend, um, you know, all these things. Queen Emeraldus, all these things take place in the same universe uh, and that when it comes to putting them in your collection makes things quite difficult, <laughs> you know? Oh yeah. Did the cats, have, for the viewers, cause we're going to explore this later on. Did, for the Bandai release of Lucky Star, did they edit it out the cat's eye reference? I don't know. I've only seen the first two episodes. Maybe the first three. I don't remember. You said the first three. Keep the continuity. I, I don't know. I can't remember. <laughs> yeah, Lucky Star has so many references for so many. Oh, anyway, yeah. the greatest, the greatest thing that Lucky Star did is the ending themes are all karaoke's. That was such a great idea. I can't believe that hadn't been done before. People do not spoil this for them. Um, yeah, I agree with old man. So. Oh, 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 so old man must be the. Oh no, there's a sixth viewer now. Yeah. Why is it all of a sudden? All of a sudden, the, the, we're about to shut down the stream, and now everybody's showing up. Um, so, uh, Die Guard. Did. Die, Guard. Die Guard and Dan Guard are two different things. I'm assuming. Yep. Okay. I don't have Die Guard. I, I have Dan Geyser Three. Have you ever heard of that? Oh. Yeah, that was released by Viz, and it's a four-pack, right? For DVDs. Four-pack? Oh, yeah. I have that. It has four volumes. Hold on. Uh, yeah. This has some of the coolest-looking character design on the cover for something that is utterly boring as hell to watch. It has... Does it have... It has two DVDs. It's released by Right Stuff. Uh, yeah, it has two DVDs. Just two. And then there was... Um, Something I, if we ever, I'm just gonna throw this out there. If we ever do another week where we just kind of throw out like we're gonna watch a lot of stuff this week, um, I'd kind of like to watch Hades Project Zaoimer again. I do have that. Have you ever seen it? Nope. 
interested though. Anyway, let's um let's just wrap things up. Sorry guys, but it's we've gone like four hours in the last couple of podcasts, and I just I don't wanna I have to sit down while I'm working on the grab bag series and and put in the time codes for all these. Um, so I, I'm just listening to them as I'm going through. I've gotten through the first 35 minutes of the first podcast. I've got hours and hours and hours of stuff to go through. So um, we're going to be watching uh, Detroit Metal City uh, this coming. Yeah, we're going to watch Detroit Metal City this this next coming uh, um, podcast. It's only in Japanese as far as I know. I'll have to look and see if the Blu-ray has an English dub. Um, but uh, it's 12 episodes. And I'm going to get the live-action movie, and I'm also going to watch that. And if there aren't any spoilers, um, I will bring that up. Um, I might, we, we might talk about it. Do you have it, actually? Of what? The live-action Detroit Metal City. This is a great look that um, I've been locked on. <laughs> I am very confused, because that's one of those live-actions that you can easily see at a convention and get. And I've never, I have gone cross-eyed as... I'm not readily able to get this. Yeah, it seems strange that it's just disappeared off the face of the earth. Yeah. Um, See you later, Danny. If I, if I sent it to you uh, in digital form, like if I ripped it and sent it to you, would you be able, would you watch it that way and then and then just buy it when when you find it? I'm fine with that. Okay, so maybe we'll do that because I, I well. Assuming the one that I got is even it, because it was I, it wasn't pictured. Keep it was in just, mind, I'm about to go to AWA. I right, I, I figured it. you'll be able to find it there. That's why I. But for the sake that you're not going to be able to see it, you know, you're not going to go to AWA until you said next month, right? Uh, it will be the weekend of October first. Right. So we're going to have another podcast. Um, we have numerous podcasts before then. So. Oh yeah. Well, anyway, technically, um, in this case, I shot myself in the foot. <laughs> well, um, anyway, I think we're wrapping up. Death Wizard, I like your like your comments, and you guessed the mysterious uh, show I was going to <laughs> try to get Brad AC to watch. Um, uh, yeah, so um, I've got it. Um, I'm curious, actually, real quick before we wrap this up, since you guys are here. I just want to address this real quick. When Lucky Star was released, they have two different types of discs. There's this type, and then the, apparently my version of disc 5 has the other type. Oh, we talked about this before. Did we talk about uh, this in, on screen? Not on screen, but through Facebook. What happened was uh, Bandai Entertainment was trying to get rid of their excess discs of Lucky Star, so they were using all that they were that they had, then printed out more to fill the fleet sets. Yeah, I figured because they were um, towards the end of their lifespan, uh, they were just you know getting through. They were using up every every resource they had because they were about to stop. Um, uh, they were about to stop distributing in North America altogether. Anyway, I uh, appreciate you guys stopping by. Had another great podcast, and um, hopefully, 
sometime in the future we can start having some guests on the podcast, um, fellow collectors. Um, if there's anybody, I'm curious if there's anybody that because I I actually don't watch a lot of other collectors on YouTube. I just it's you know as a content creator, I spend so much time working on my own stuff. I don't really have time to explore the other stuff. But I'm more I'm wondering if you guys have anybody that you'd like to see on the podcast with us talk about different topics. Um, definitely send me a suggestion um, as a comment, not not in the chat right now because it's not going to get saved, but as a comment like on this video or just a message on, on YouTube or on Facebook or on Twitter or whatever, um, go ahead and do that. Um, and also, I just want to say, um, I keep forgetting to bring this up. Um, if you guys want to, to help this channel grow and to help, help it you know, get to the point where I can actually get through putting out all the bootleg series and stuff. Definitely share this content with your friends. Not just the podcast, but any any of the stuff that on the channel that you found valuable and you know people that you think would would benefit from it. Just send it their way because um, channels when they're small like like mine, um, the only way we grow is by word of mouth and and by people sharing our stuff until we end up getting algorithmically. Um, boosted and shared uh, through YouTube's algorithm. So um, I just want to thank you guys who have been doing that, who have been sharing the content and uh, and really helping to, to keep this channel going uh, and sort of working alongside me. A lot of people, especially FDDNM, who's not here right now, sort of behind the scenes just helping me way more than any person ever should uh, to really work out different things that, that I'm, you know, doing for like let's say the bootleg series and all that so uh thank you guys again for stopping by thank you for supporting the channel and um i guess we'll see you not not this coming thursday but next thursday after that uh so uh unless you've got anything else Augie, i'm gonna wrap things up here oh have a safe night be be, be ready for school and don't show up to work late all, all right, right. Catch, you, catch you later guys